seek to govern, or rather to dominate. Back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. It's Sunday, February 5th, 2023, in case you weren't aware of the year. You know, it kind of feels like it might be um, World War III time. No, we're, we're good. <laughs> so, they shot down the spy balloon. The they spy did. balloon is down. Yep. But not until after it had traversed the entire United States and what I would say is accomplished its mission. Oh, sure. I, th I believe. Whatever uh, the mission, mission was, it's done. Did mission it. was accomplished. Yeah, I, I you know, this particular uh balloon debacle has Come been and take a ride in my beautiful, my beautiful balloon. You wanted to use that. I did because I I couldn't use it like the actual song the copyright. You wanted issues. to use that. Look how nice that necklace looks. Um it's I have new. um it's pretty I have this uh this this President go. G uh, Biden uh, Zoom call here. Hang on, this you is want a, me to pull that up right now? It's a joke. Yeah, it's I on the end. I don't have it. It's on the end, right there on the end. It's not there. It's Twitter. Oh, you, is it a Twitter? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Hang on, wait, wait. Is this real? No. Oh. It it is at some point. Good to see. Wait. Okay. Hang on. Let's let's share this. Good to see. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh. -huh. Good to see you, Mr. President. Yeah. Next time, I hope we get to do it face to face like we used to when we travel through China. Oh, uh, Although it's not as good as a face to face meeting. I'm very happy to see my old friend. <laughs> That's really good. Okay, that was enjoyable. I like yeah, that. it was, you know. Um, wh was this Daboon? Daboon? Daboonkle? Daboonkle. Debacle is what you meant. Daboonkle. I wanted the What was this Daboonkle? I wanted the balloon debacle. <laughs> and it came out balloon, sideways. That is a tongue twister. Balloon debacle. Um, is this really an international incident? Is it really that big of a deal? Or is it was it just some weather balloons that went sideways? And if it literally... was a weather balloon going sideways, why did the Department of Defense come out and say it was a spy balloon? Spy balloon. And there's two balloons. It, and there's def there was one spot another balloon over South Listen, America. China. 
get control of your meandering balloons. If it is a mistake, one cow gets loose, okay. Two cows get loose, we got a problem. Well, actually, keep your cows in. In the United States, uh, in different uh, different states have different laws, but um, like in Ohio, if your cow gets loose, you can go to jail. You're liable. So I would think that if your spy balloon gets loose, you should you, you are should liable. To, you should go to jail. And here's the thing: at one point, all of China's going to jail, or at least the CCP. At one point, um, China specifically changed the trajectory of their balloon. So hey, they no, had wait, control wait, wait, wait. So of they their were balloon. controlling this balloon. They had control of their balloon. There's like a little like a propeller on this thing. They had remote There's a payload uh, on the balloon. Well, it didn't blow up. It's down. It's you guys can see the videos. It's really not that exciting in my opinion. <laughs> um to see, but here's the no, thing. I got the, I've got the video of it of it being okay. shot down. Do you oh, want to do you want to watch it? Go ahead. All right, here we go. Let me find it here. Where this is it? There we go. Boom! <laughs> People are so excited about this balloon being shot down. That's my Air Force right there, buddy. Okay, I'm not trying to make fun of of the Air Force because I love our military, and you guys know that. Okay. It's a balloon. It should. He should have been able to get. That. Where's the meme of the kids frightened in the corner of the balloon? Have you seen that? With the kids like crying, everybody's got the little China thing. It was a balloon. So someone said that that uh, China actually had balloons in the airspace under Trump <clears throat> and um, former DNI John Radcliffe totally refuted that. I can refute that. Um, former Secretary of Defense Mark Esper refuted that. So no, there were no balloons. Spy on America under Trump. But were there, though? I mean, how long has China been just blatantly allowing their balloons to traverse the United States? Maybe they're smaller balloons. This one just so happened to be the size of three buses. Maybe they're little eensy-weensy balloons. Maybe they're floating outside your house. You don't know. We do know that China is spying through your cell phone. What do they need with a balloon? Okay? I mean, Patriot Gallery has tape on her computer. You know, she doesn't even trust the little slider on the laptop. You know what was sad is that the Montana governor is a Republican. He wasn't even briefed on the Chinese spy balloon until it was hundreds of miles into his state. So the Montana wouldn't get his little cowboys out there trying to shoot down. <laughs> Republican governor, you know, because there's plenty, like, I have driven in Montana. There mm. are plenty, like, there the are, whole listen, state of Montana is safe shot, to shoot thank down you. that Anywhere in Montana, you could have shot down that daggum balloon. <laughs> and do you understand that Montana is clear on the other side of the United States? Yeah. Saving the entire spying of the whole country if you did a shut it down. I drove through. We, I, we drove five hours, and it probably should have been like an eight-hour drive, but Matt was driving very quickly. Um, from one end of Montana to the very to the tip, from, from, from south to north uh, Montana. And I... Don't think I passed a house. <laughs> Not one. In in over five hours. Right. I didn't pass a house. I know I didn't pass a gas station mm -hmm. because there was one sign for one gas station oh, in midway. And we were like, oh my gosh. Okay. I've never driven anywhere like this where there's, there's absolutely nothing. So my point is. Of course, they were worried about collateral damage of no, people you, no, in here's, Montana. Here's, you, know, you were worried about collateral damage. You were worried about about China. 
what they would do. It was literally like, their balloon is flying in our space, and if we shoot it down, they're going to come and get us. So, you know, like, the, what's, so Tucker Carlson said that the United States has been tracking this balloon for months. Huh? That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah, you want to. Wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What do you mean they've been tracking this balloon for months? Here, I'm going to retweet it. I retweeted it. How is this balloon going in the air for months? Like. So this one. Okay. Are you ready? Wait. And we're going to get to world news, but I believe this, this is, is world, world news. This is world news. This is China's balloon. Okay. Uh, Rep Senator Steve Daines this is, uh, is from that Montana. Not the right one? This, this okay. is the one you want. Uh, criticized Biden's handling of the Chinese spy balloon and said a circus clown knows how to better handle a balloon than the White House. Do you know that that's a fact? Are y'all ready for this? Oh my good night. and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. You often hear people say you can't have a country without borders. You can't have a country if you don't have borders. But that's also true of airspace, which is itself a kind of border. So maintaining control of the skies over the United States, deciding who comes in and out and on what terms, that's one of the most basic duties of the Pentagon and has been since aviation began. If you were to fly your Cessna into restricted airspace in parts of this country, the U.S. military would scramble jets and they might shoot you down. So it's not a small infraction, unless, of course, you happen to be the Chinese government and you're operating an enormous white dirigible designed to spy in American nuclear installations. In that case, you could relax. You've got friends at the White House. Absolutely nothing is going to happen to you. Now, that's not an imaginary scenario. We're not guessing. We know it's true because we're seeing it right now. As you've doubtless heard, an enormous spy balloon the size of several school buses has floated over from central China. It's currently, we think, drifting across the continental United States. Yesterday, it passed over Maelstrom Air Force Base in Montana. That's one of only three places in this country that houses Minuteman III intercontinental ballistic missiles. By this afternoon, the Chinese spy balloon had made it to Kansas City. And there, over the skies of that city, a pilot flying a private plane at 47,000 feet came close to hitting <coughs> the Chinese spy balloon. Derelict balloon adrift, he said, in a notice to other nearby pilots. But it was not a derelict balloon. It was a balloon being controlled by China. Okay, you can pause that. There. In other words, here what we have a foreign balloon? military. So go back to my Twitter, and I just tweeted out um, a video on. Um, just refresh it real quick. And what the surveillance balloons actually collect? What kind of information? Atmospheric platforms that can be rapidly deployed to areas of interest from a wide variety of locations. Utilizing Raven Aerostar's mission planning tools, a flight path is determined to optimize point-to-point -point navigation. Navigation is achieved by leveraging directional wind patterns in the stratosphere at altitudes 65,000 feet and above. After arriving at an area of interest, Thunderhead balloon systems offer network persistence for up to months at a time. Filling a significant capability gap, Thunderhead balloon systems allow for rapid integration of diverse payloads and sensors, serving a wide range of missions of missions, by the way. Intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance. ISR. A military outpost stands with a mission to provide intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance over denied airspace. Raven Aerostar's Thunderhead balloon systems provide a cost-effective and low-risk platform for ISR capabilities at altitudes above traditional air threats. The local commander deploys several Thunderhead balloon systems from the AT-Ready constellation, carrying sophisticated ISR sensors to the denied airspace. 
with navigational and duration capabilities of up to months at a time. The Thunderhead balloon systems provide a powerful, persistent surveillance platform. At stratospheric altitudes, these lighter-than-air platforms can navigate and hover over areas of interest at altitudes unattainable by traditional ISR platforms. Upon receiving information regarding a possible threat, intelligence analysts navigate a Thunderhead balloon system over the area of interest to collect more information. The sensor payload carried by the Thunderhead balloon system quickly detects and classifies the threat. Utilizing real-time communications, the threat parameters are relayed back to the intelligence analyst on the ground. With Thunderstorm, Raven Aerostar's common operating system, balloon performance and sensor intelligence is integrated into existing networks and computer systems for mission coverage. Listen here. I oh, don't I think we were just we were just collecting no. weather no, data. No, we were not. What does China need to know about United States weather anyway? Okay, our best friend, her dad, he has theory on this with the weather patterns, meaning from where that balloon originated, if they had bombed some sort of nuke, hey, maybe these weather patterns would uh, send some nuclear fallout. Where would it go? Where would it where land? Would it but where here's, it here's the yeah. thing. You note on this, and I had not seen this video until just now. It was fascinating. There's a base, right, that sends out the balloon to the restricted area, and it's mm -hmm. communicating to that base. This, my friends, is why we should not be allowing the Chinese to own land here in the United States. Why are they buying up land? Everybody wants to know what is the what is the what does the Chinese military or the country of China need with American land? Mm -hmm. Because they're because bases, my friends. I have seen Red Dawn and I know what is dawning. Okay, yeah, I saw it. I know what happens. Yeah, they. I'm telling you, that thing was communicating with Chinese bases here in the United States. That's my yeah. opinion, anyway. Yeah, yeah, very th probable. That, that, that's that would be um, probable, my opinion. Yeah. All right. And they were totally allowed to do it. They, I'm telling you, there was communications. It was like, don't touch it. It's the Chinese balloon. Let them do what they want to do. Here's the thing: our our military, and I do have, I I have a a tweet up. If you, it is kind of funny. If you just scroll down a little bit, this is what the world. Um, we'll in my that. Twitter, in, in my tweets, you need to get to this. So this is what our U.S. military looks like. Yeah. Um, we have Admiral Levine. Scroll down. Keep I'm going to get it. I'm going to find it. So this Admiral Levine on the on the top left was born as a male. Oh dear. They identify as a female, and they are the chief medical officer in the United States. The guy with the doggy mask. Um, There's I two doggy masks. Well, he's the same, same guy. guy. Um, he is obviously some sort of decorated. I forget his name. Who cares? Um, decorated. And, and obviously they're giving out like little Boy Scout badges for doing nothing, I'm guessing, nowadays. <laughs> um, but uh, and, and that was a thing. No, no, not to rag on the military, but that is true. Uh, it's like, um, you know, a, a, everybody well, wins. Merit badge. Merit badge. And then you've got um, the other general guy with his fully face mask and everything. Looking like Darth Vader. And we have all these gay pride flags. So this is our military. So the question is, um, is our military and our desire to, you can take that down, it's awful to look at, uh, to own the libs, has that prevented us from acknowledging and addressing a more fundamental problem? It is not clear that the U.S. could even burst these kinds of balloons and other threats if they really wanted to penetrate and evade our defenses in an actual attack. Which, whatever this was, it wasn't that. Um, a foreign policy expert, defense analyst, said, We spent 20 years developing systems and doctrine to fight illiterate goat herders 
to ensure the gay pride flag can fly in Baghdad and cabal embassies and the daughters of the corrupt elite of both countries can learn to hate white men instead of investing in real homeland defense. So uh, President Biden, and you can call him that if you want to, is part of the problem because he is part of the political establishment. But we can't forget the Republicans dragged us into this craziness to begin with. Mm-mm. So. All right. Speaking of craziness, we are going to attempt to kind of break down uh, a little bit of what is happening with uh, Russia. And I don't know how you're going to uh, Ukraine and Russia. I'd like to bring up that clip that Scott sent us on Signal. Oh, sure. So um, <clears throat> you have um, Assad in Syria kind of saying the quiet part out loud that the West will side with communists, Nazis, because the Azov Battalion in Ukraine are full-blown Nazis with Nazi tattoos. Hang on, They'll... this is what Scott sent me. There's no phone number showing. This is what Scott sent. It's The caption for this is Patriots and the balloon debacle. They're having too much fun over this. I know. Honestly, it is a little bit. Is... Yeah. Um, it is. It's it's one of those. It's an easy. You want to know the serious conversations that we have with Scott Kesterson of Bards FM. These are the types of things he's sending us. So um, <clears throat> Assad says the West is going to side with anyone, whether it's Islamists, whether it's communists, Nazists. Nazists, whatever you call them, <laughs> fascists, if it goes along with their narrative, and then if somebody deviates from that narrative, ooh, then they're a Nazi fascist communist. Okay. <clears throat> Is it... Yeah. Oh, do we, do we need that one, too. Do you have that one? That's that's the one. This is the one you want? Yeah, I okay. guess it's Twitter, so just go on and just retweet. Okay. All right. I thought I had had that I one up. I don't know how to do that. You just... You should be already signed in. Aren't you signed in? What, Mom? Wait, say that again. If a man thinks he's a woman. Yes. He's going to think China is his country. Why? Okay. Oh, okay. He doesn't think he's a man. doesn't think America is his country. Okay. If a man thinks he's a woman, he's going to think China's his country. That's what Patriot Gallery was saying. His mind's messed up. No, it didn't retreat. It didn't? No. Well, that's because I might be logged in. I don't know if I'm logged in to... Uh, I'll bring it up. I can Here, bring it, it up on mine because I'm logged in. Just okay. press, just copy it. I know it what and, I'm doing. Do you? Yes. Copy it and, and retweet it because this, this is a great, great, great video. All right. So uh, long after World War II, Russia once again threatened with German tanks with crosses on them, says Putin. All right. So in the description of this show, it's very strange. There are so many narratives just wild. Out. This is like the wild, wild west of narratives. Did you click copy and then retweet? I just clicked retweet. Okay, don't do that. Copy it and then go to... Okay, I will do this. This is how much I use Twitter. Very, none. Zilch. Okay, so I don't really have... I I don't use... Why won't it retweet when you click retweet? Because I have to use the um, Twitter desktop because um, uh, the app is for my other... I'm still waiting for my... Why can't you log app. into the app? I don't want to log out. I, I, I am it. just using okay. the desktop okay. because they. I have no Twitters. My two Twitters are taken comes. down, and I am waiting spot. and boycotting the Twitter the, app. Now we have touched the sore spot until I get my Twitter back. Everybody else is getting their Twitter back, but me. Okay, calm down. Okay, breathe. Go ahead, bring it. It should be there now. This is I, I can. I, and this is me and Twitter, and you know what? Assad's feeling the same way. <laughs> 
<laughs> so okay. who can blame him? Who can blame Assad? <laughs> he feels the same way on a bigger scale, I would think. All right, am I gonna have to read this? I think I have to read this. He doesn't. Speak uh, he English does here. speak English does he? here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, he doesn't. Okay. We just read it and it felt like it was... All right. The West has proven that it does not have friends or enemies. It only has one enemy, anyone who stands in the way of its material interests. Communism, Islam, Nazism, China, Russia, or anyone else are not the enemies of the West. If they serve their interests of the West, if they oppose those interests, they're friends and then they oppose their enemies. The ugliest truth of all of them, and not many people know this, is the lie that the West and Zionism oppose Nazism. <laughs> not many people know that the leaders of the Nazis in Ukraine, Nazi organizations that closely collaborated with Hitler in terms of security, military, and ideology, were driven out of Ukraine at the end of World War II. Some of them to Europe, some of them to America. In the 1950s, the CIA asked the American administration to lift the ban on these groups because America needed them in uh, Ukraine, which was then part of the USSR. What proves these historic facts today, Zelensky is a Zionist Jew, yet he supports the extremist nationalist organizations that fought alongside the Nazis in World War II when Hitler invaded the USSR, and some of them took part in the massacres committed against the Jews. So how come that these, you can read it, is supporting these organizations? The West supports these organizations, which today are called the right-wing Azov organization. And you're going to read it, which keeps crying. Uh, I'm not going to read that out loud. <laughs> Israel is so let's just, no, just let him read it. I'm not reading that out loud. The countries. Just let him read it out loud. Just let him let them read it out loud. No. Podcasters, you have to go watch it because I'm not reading this stuff out loud because you're going to be in. Essentially, what he's saying. And I can just sum it up here because there's only four seconds left. Because we're on Facebook and we can't. This, Essentially, this what he's is saying what, is that all is of these countries. This is literally a topic that you're not allowed. Uh, hey, let me finish. This is not a topic that you were allowed to talk about I at know, all. And I can sum it up without talking about it. All of these nations are supporting Ukraine. Ukraine has the Azov Battalion. The Azov Battalion are actual literal the self-admitted Nazis. They have been banned off of social media platforms like Twitter, like all these other places, because of their extremism. Yeah. So when when Assad comes out and is saying, look at all of these countries that are now supporting Ukraine, which is, and they are trying to say, like even Israel itself coming and backing Ukraine and backing the Azov Battalion, uh, the fact that Assad is sitting here going, what is happening? Up is down and down is up. And if Israel's going to go and complain about the past and things that have happened, then how on earth can they align themselves with Ukraine and the Azov Battalion? That's pretty much what Assad is saying. So Assad said the quiet parts out loud, which you can't on, on any mainstream platform. No, at you, all. You can't. It, and, I and think I did a good job. Unfortunately, um, 
they it's it's like with feminism or any other ism okay it gets taken so far to where now everybody sees the the jewish people as like bad guys right okay and we have to be able to call the elites that do not have a religious <clears throat> background at all right and and i think that's where we need to go with that but assad is dead on correct that the west has no um real ideology whatsoever they huh. go where the wind blows like the balloon that's good on Thursday, President Vladimir Putin attended events marking the 80th anniversary of the Battle of Stalingrad, and in his speech hailing Russia's historic victory against Nazi Germany in World War II, and then what he didn't go on to say is it's subsequent, uh, Russia's subsequent utter uh, uh, takeover of Poland. <laughs> he didn't hold back, lashing out against Berlin's contemporary decision-making regarding the war in Ukraine. Unbelievable, but this is the effect. We are once again being threatened with German tanks, leopards that have crosses painted on their sides, Putin said in a provocative statement that evoked Nazi invasion imagery. Those who expect to win on the battlefield do not understand that a modern war with Russia will be utterly different for them. We are not the ones sending our tanks to their borders, Putin added while saying Russia is sure in its victory and ominously warned that we will deploy more than just tanks. These powers, which try to wage an undeclared war against Russia, will receive a tough response to their actions, the president remarked. The city where the memorial ceremony took place has since 1961 been called Volograd, a change that occurred during the desalinization process. Putin had earlier laid flowers at the Eternal Flame on uh, Mayev Kurgan, a hillside where much of the fighting took place that now hosts the Battle of Stalingrad Museum, complex in the city's famous statue the motherland calls the crucial battle and you, and you guys probably know about the, that but so you've got uh, putin saying that the tanks that we talked about last week germany and the united states sending over tanks are reminiscent of the nazis nazi invasion and i don't see how Germany, you know, they are still within generations of Nazis in their country. Yeah. They have not denazified. There's no such thing as denazifying Germany. Mm. Okay. You, because they didn't kill everybody. So many Nazis. And they're not all dead. Okay. And the kids of Nazis. Who's one? Angela Merkel. Okay. So they just continued on. And, the, and speaking of leopards, the leopards, can't, you know, can't change their spots. Right. And we are still within gener a generation that was born or lived during uh, the time of Nazi Nazism. And here's the thing. All of a sudden, you're going to think, oh, it's 1944. Those Nazis are just all gone. We're over. Nazis done. It's a mentality. Okay? Most of those guys, like the, the guys who ran Bayer, they, well, the guys who ran uh, IG Farben, which created the gas... To gas the Jews, they were a chemical company, a uh, giant company. It was IG Farben Ar Auschwitz. It might as well have been, you know, the, um, you know, the, the Duke Energy Center baseball field. Okay, they IG Farben was using the Jews to test its chemicals and its uh, on people. Where have I seen that before? Where twenty twenty? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so then a lot of those guys, there were there were hundreds of thousands, if not, I don't know how many people were living in Germany at that time, who who uh, men and women who bought into this ideology, mm -hmm. 
And there was no way to arrest and try them all. Right. And those at the top who were arrested and tried, very few of them have had any sort of lifelong sentence. And we know that the guys who ran the, 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 the prison camps in Auschwitz, a few of them went on to fund a company called Bayer. Bayer Aspirin. And, then and they, Bayer and then, ended up recently purchasing Monsanto to try to clean up Monsanto's image. And Bayer helped create Agent Orange mm -hmm. and a lot of other things. So these people, this this mentality continues on in these crazy people. Especially in the European Union. And to think that Germany is now this super, you know, baddestin of love and world peace. Does I mean, I got a that? bridge to Does sell you. anyone think that really, though? I got a balloon to sell you. <laughs> so with these numbers coming out of Ukraine, uh, of military people who have died. Let's talk about this for a second. This is, this is our hilarious main... to me because, yeah, I mean... The main story of all of this, you were talking to me and I, I was kind of like scratching my head because it's all over the board as far as how many people have actually died in this conflict on both sides and who's claiming what. Yeah, so how in the world am I... Are we supposed to report when the U.S. State Department is saying 100,000 Russian troops died Ukraine is saying 250,000 Russian troops are dead, mm -hmm. and Russia is saying 6,000. Okay, 6,000, 100,000, 6,000, 250,000. These are very, these are vastly different numbers. Well, because if you have $6,000, it's a big difference between $100,000. Just saying. And if you have 250,000, yeah. Okay, so Why the Ukrainian government is supposedly sounding the alarm of head of the up, uh, ahead of the upcoming one-year uh, anniversary, February 24th, of the Russian invasion, saying that the Kremlin forces are amassing more troops on the border in preparation for a major new offensive. Now, we do know that Russia has is calling up more um, civilians to be in the troops, and we do, and and there are videos of guys who are trying not to be drawn up and drawn into this battle, and I don't blame them, Russians. In a Wednesday interview with the French media outlet, Ukrainian defense minister uh, claimed that Putin has ordered a whopping 500,000 troops uh, to the ready uh, to a new assault in coming weeks. Uh, officially, they announced 300,000, but when we see the troops at the borders, according to our assessments, it, it is much more. And separately, uh, Yuri Sack, a senior defense minister uh, official, told NBC News on Thursday that we should understand that the threat of a new and another offensive will remain until we defeat Russia. Now, they are going to build up the numbers of Russian um, troops to get more funds to help fight these Russian troops, right? So they have an incentive to lie. They also have an incentive to lie to make it look like they're winning they that that they're killing a bunch all these Russians that are coming over. It's kind of like you've got an invasion of ants, and you're like, "But I've got so my many. raid is really working. Just give me more raid." Yeah, I get it. Okay, Ukraine expects the attacks to happen from the east and the south, as their main forces are concentrated to the east because of a map. <laughs> uh, we do expect them to begin an offensive there, perhaps around Bakhmut. Bachmard. Uh this is where you so like if you're looking at map for you people, this is Russia, this is Ukraine. Okay? <laughs> Very simple. All right. Uh, and President Zelensky in his latest uh evening video address in his 
you know, fancy sweatshirt. Sweats, those are Why so does he have no hoodie? Hoodie, like, give the man a hoodie sweatshirt because yeah, if you you're going to be outside, that. boom, it's winter. You need the hood. You know why he doesn't I have hate crew neck sweatshirts. No, he does. I hate them. He doesn't have a hood because he's probably not going outside. No one should ever make a crew neck sweatshirt. No, Just wear a, a sweater. No, 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 no. Just they wear have... a sweater. They really serve a purpose. I'm just saying that he's clearly not what? doing anything if he when, doesn't have no. a hooded sweatshirt. You either need a hoodie or a sweater. You know why? Because no, there's because no such thing as a nice I sweatshirt. I like to sleep in sweatshirts, and if you're the hood gets in oh, the way. Oh, that's why Zelensky has the crew in sweatshirts. <laughs> yeah, because a hood would get in the way of sleeping on the job. And it's hard job. to put a coat on with a hood on a sweatshirt. No, I'm against him. Uh, and President Zelensky, in his latest evening video, addressed the nation, saying, The situation has become tougher in the area, and further, that the enemy is trying to achieve at least something now to show that Russia has some chances on the anniversary of the invasion. Kiev and the U.S. are also keeping close watch on the recent Russian military drills in neighboring uh, Belarus. Now, the Belarusians, the Belarusians, they are tough dudes. We have played some videos of them. They are, uh, like... I think they're like mm -hmm. Muslim guys, but like they're kind of different kind of Muslims. Like it's very interesting. It's they very don't wear the whole full beard. They like they don't shave. It is Do you very... want me to play this video? Sure. All I don't right. know what this is yet. I don't know either. It says on the only... outskirts of Bakhmar, Ukrainian and Russian armies are fighting practically from adjacent houses. Point blank range, judging by the video. <laughs> All right, if the assessments are correct, the Kremlin likely wishes to keep its positive momentum strong amid an intense fight for Bakhmut. Bakhmut. Bak. How do you say that? Bak. No, the H is going to be silent. I can't even speak. No, Bakhmut. It's fine. You can say Bakhmut. Okay. Bakhmut. Especially before the arrival of Western supplied main battle tanks you know what in in school <clears throat> i think that phonics people should watch resistance chicks with their kids yes because when i was a kid we never cared uh tootsie pop lick about what countries what's what uh cities were in each country and now we're learning and now you together. have together i hate memorizing things for memorization's sake Give me a reason why, and put then you'll context. remember. Put, you'll remember the cities. But what you will not get from resistance chicks is the correct pronunciation for the cities. So that will not help your children. Not all the time, vidi vidi. Okay, better than most with a little accent. Sometimes you won't get that anywhere else. <laughs> Russia has warned is prepared to escalate in response. Russian troops, including the Wagner, so these Wagner mercenaries are intense. By the way. Uh, they had the video we played last week where they were like, Americas, come join us. You fight for your fatherland. Mother, I don't know. And on the brink of having the city encircled, um, the leader of the Wagner Group, a Russian paramilitary organization that is leading the assault in Ukraine's east, said Wednesday that his forces had seized the village of Sako and Venziti. Uh, north of Bakhmut, um, declares the Wall Street Journal on Thursday. Rybar, a telegram channel linked to the Kremlin, said Thursday that the Wagner has claimed uh, territory on the contested east side of the city, expanding control around a sparkling wine factory and a meat processing plant. That's going to go well, I guess. Maybe if they can keep it going. Total control of Bakhmut could make pacification of the whole Dunsk much easier, though at the moment both the Ukrainian and um, Russian sides are suffering heavy losses. All right, so James on D Live says the whole war there is just mind games. 
I agree with that. It um, is. It feels very, you know what I, it feels like? It doesn't even, we don't see, we're not seeing a lot of footage. Mm-hmm. We we're just not saw seeing nine a seconds. lot of dead people. We saw people. a nine-second clip. I, I'm like, is it really happening? Like, like we're it, reading about it. I feel like we're going to come out later and people are like, like, why? We're, there's not, there's not a lot. 250,000 people dead. Okay. That's Russians, what we're being told. Where are the bodies, right? Why aren't we seeing footage? You could say, well, the Russians don't want us to be seen as weak, yada, yada, yada. Okay, fine. There is more evidence for the Holocaust without the internet than there is for this war that we are living in right now. Now, so I'm not strange. coming out conspiracy theory saying it's not happening, but I, it's definitely not happening the well, way that we're being told. It's not happening the way we, we because Zelensky has shut down every sort of media group yeah. or any, you can't, you cannot be a Ukrainian. Here's the thing. We, how, why are we backing a guy who won't allow average Ukrainians out with a cell phone? Come on. And, and we'll arrest them. Yeah. I think the same thing is happening in Russia. You're not allowed to, you know, Matt said that uh, a couple was eating at a restaurant and they were questioning um, the Russian invasion. They were arrested. Going okay. to jail. So we, because both sides are so um, controlling of the narrative, there is no real narrative to, to there is, there, really guys, all I can do is throw, we're throwing like darts to the dartboard, but they spun us around five times with a blindfold on. Okay. Exactly. That's how we're, that's how we're coming to the, to the truth here. Turkish president uh, Erdogan, he's, I think he's probably got a little bit more finger on the dial, even though he's himself has criticized the decision by his nato allies to provide ukraine with over 300 heavy tanks to prolong the war against russia calling it a high-risk move he says i personally can't say that sending tanks will resolve this issue uh this is a high-risk endeavor that will only line the pockets of gun barons the turkish leader you know broken clock uh the turkish leader also said his nation would continue talks with both russia and ukraine trying to find a path to peace. Erdogan's criticisms of his Western allies is the latest show of discord between Ankara and NATO. Over As over the past year, Turkey has been holding up Sweden and Finland's ascension to the war alliance. The two Nordic nations formally applied to join NATO last May. They want to be part. I want to be in war. Okay, that, sorry, that wasn't that was a good Swedish accent. I want to be in war. <laughs> uh, let us be in a NATO so that we can fight with you and you can fight with me. Right. Okay, there we go. Um, last May, we want to play, we want to play. Uh, abandoning uh, decades of neutrality. Uh, it's so strange. Uh, the Finnish president, she's a chick. They're all chicks over there. It's very strange in Finland. I think Sweden has all chick government too. Um, watch out when the chicks, and they don't even look like Viking women, so don't trust them. Right? They're not, they're not like Michelle and I. <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, don't don't trust the skinny Viking. They haven't fought a battle and won. Any uh, country... Because they haven't eaten the flesh of their enemies. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she <you> meant. <laughs> no, the spoils of the enemies. How about that? Until you have tasted... The heart of your enemy. Okay, okay that that's Native American. Any country joining NATO requires that. the inanimate. I saw um, what's the movie with Last Dang. of the Mohicans. Yeah. Any country joining NATO requires the unanimous approval of member states. Tensions be, uh, recently spiked between Ankara and Stockholm after Danish Swedish extremists. I never finished with the the the, the Finnish president. You never finished with the Finnish. The fi I never finished with the Finnish. She had said last week. You know, we must. 
we have to win this. We have to win this war against Russia. You know, we have to. And I think some chick from Germany said that too. Like, we have to do this. We have to beat Russia. Okay, I didn't know. We're, this is World War Three. Welcome to World War Three. Uh, the Danish-Swedish extremist Rasmus Paladin burned copies of the Quran on two separate occasions last week. So this is this is another story. Uh, it's a story within a story. So there's some Quran going on, Quran burning going on in um, Sweden. And for some reason, Turkey is taking it personally because Turkey is feeling like it's got to take the lead right now on Islam offense. Okay, because there's a lot of Islamic countries, but Turkey specifically is taking the most offense at this. You have a little... Got it. Okay, we're good. I don't know where it came from. No black dot. <laughs> All right. So despite warning, Sweden turned a blind eye to the Quran burning and police protected the perpetrators. Hate crimes against Muslims are not acceptable, Erdogan said, adding that an apology from Sweden won't fix issues. So I Sweden has actually um, denied this extremist guy the ability to burn the Quran. He wanted to burn the Quran. Turkey said no. It's very strange. You should be able to burn whatever you want to burn. People burn Bibles here in America. Um, it's very strange. I don't have a problem with book burning. Like, I'm not one of those people. If you're cold, you can burn anything. You know, I get... I get kind of... I, do, I have a problem with you burning someone else's property. Right. But if it's yours and you own it, do what you want. All right. In a surprising bit of candid investigative reporting out of mainstream media, the Times asked the question this week, who attacked the Nord Stream pipelines? For Here real. In an honest and objective fashion, the premier British paper writes, in this global whodunit, the U.S., Russia, and even Britain have all been suspects. I think Poland helped the U.S., but whatever. Naturally, the collective West rushed to blame Russia for sabotaging its own natural gas delivery infrastructure in the immediate aftermath of the September 26th blast underneath the Baltic Sea. The most important twist to the West narratives that it fe that is featured in the Times report concerns Germany. The officials say they are now open to theories that the sabotage attack was conducted by a Western country mm. with the aim of blaming it on Russia. Uh, the key passage uh, comments on the ongoing German investigation deemed to have made little progress for lack of evidence as to who was behind the three blasts that disabled the pipelines. Germany writes the Times. Germany writes the Times. The Times writes Germany. Here it comes. This is a weird sentence. Has yet to uncover any compelling evidence pointing to Russia. And it remains that the German investigation is open to theories that a Western state carried out the bombing with the aim of blaming it on Russia. That is the only plausible thing here. Okay. Additionally, European officials were cited in the report as lamenting that failure to provide transparency in the probes could encourage dangerous conspiracy theories and wild speculations. It's all wild speculation right now. One Western analyst was quoted as saying the utter lack of anything definitive is itself suspicious. This was a major infrastructure attack. It's strange that we've heard very little about it. Russia this week seized on recent comments of the Biden administration's undersecretary of state of political affairs, Victoria Nuland, to formally charge Washington with being behind the pipeline sabotage. The U.S. quote, directly participated, he alleged. Though without providing new evidence, he referred to Newland's Senate testimony. I go ahead and play this testimony with Senator Cruz. She is very happy. She's saying we are happy. I'm not happy. I'm happy. Are you happy? I don't know. I'm We're happy. not happy. 
Senator Cruz, uh, like you, I am, and I think the administration is very gratified to know that Nord Stream 2 is now, as you like to say, a hunk of metal at the bottom of the sea. Mm. All right, we are really happy about this, okay? So the other day, speaking to Congress, Ms. Victoria Newland, the undersecretary, said openly that, like many senators, she personally, the State Department, as an organization, is happy that the Nord Stream pipelines have turned into a metal junk on the Baltic seafloor. It's amusing emission, he says. The New York Times, the uh, UK Times, sorry, report also makes note of a December report in the Washington Post, which also surprisingly and bluntly admitted that numerous officials in the West now say evidence is not pointing to Russia. Here's the deal, guys. Let's just break this down simple. Just one more thing. The Post had issued the rare about-face accusations of Russia being the culprit after interviewing a total of 23 diplomatic and intelligence officials, and they're saying there's no evidence at this point that Russia was behind the sabotage. It does not benefit Russia. All they needed to do was turn it off. Mm -hmm. They did not need to blow it up. It actually does not even benefit Russia to make it, to do it and then make it look like someone else did it. None yeah. of that benefits Russia. They, Russia has no interest whatsoever in having done this. Mm -hmm. But clearly the United States and the UK and even maybe with the help of Poland, all of these nations seem very happy that it has happened. So you kind of look at like, I've watched Murder Mysteries. I, I've seen almost every episode of Murder, She Wrote with Jessica Fletcher. Okay? I know how you find the culprit to a murder or a crime. You find out who stands to benefit the most. And who's having the little happy dance that Uncle Harry's dead, right? You know what I'm saying? I know how this goes. And Victoria Newland, and now she's saying all these other senators, including Ted Cruz, you know you're doing your happy dance that it's a hunk of metal on the bottom of the Baltic Sea. All right, 179 soldiers were freed in a significant Ukraine-Russian prisoner swap. We got some happy soldiers here pictured. One rare positive development amid the tragic darkness and death of the Ukraine war is that prisoner swaps have now become routine. Many dozens of POWs have been freed in the latest Saturday exchange. Both sides have confirmed with the Ukrainian president's see office saying 116 Ukrainians were freed. On the Russian side, the defense ministry said 63 of its troops have been returned. Some am uh, among them likely high profile, meaning 179 prisoners freed in this uh, the swap here, you, uh, Russia indicated that some among those were deemed special category prisoners, <clears throat> perhaps higher ranking officers or even intelligence operatives, following a deal that was mediated by the uh, United Arab Emirates. And I'm just trying to wonder, like, with the guys with, like, the hat and, like, this Muslims guys and doing the... Really? They mediated that? Really? Okay. You know what I love <clears throat> about this? This world that we live in now. Um, I love this. With the Muslims coming and mediating between Russia and You Ukraine. know what I think this shows us? Back to the earlier story that we were talking about with... Isn't that a story right in and of itself? <laughs> yes. With how many people have died in this conflict? Right? I feel the numbers are way smaller. So when we're looking at this, this prisoner exchange, let me tell you my opinion. This is an opinion piece by Michelle you're about to hear. I would think those prisoner exchanges would be much higher, right? I don't think that either that Ukraine, especially Ukraine, I don't think that Ukraine or Russia has any prisoner of war camps. Okay, I don't think that they have the ability to house these prisoner 
prisoners of war. Okay, this isn't World War Two. All right, this is. And they don't not... look super. At least this picture, they don't look super skinny. Like so, I think like that what no, what is happening is as soon as they get some POWs, they're like, we just need to swap because we don't have anywhere to put you. Mm -hmm. And and so it's a very small amount. And I think that this number more likely represents. Are they playing the, more over there? The, I think. So. I got bomb here. Bomb coming. Bomb coming. Get down. Bomb coming. Uh, who wants to do the bomb? Oh, all that money U.S. send? We're not buying bombs. We're not buying... No, they're building... They're building infrastructures. Why do they want the tanks? I just want to ride around in the tank. Mm. Um, this is still probably going to take it on Facebook. The intelligence confirms to us, uh, including today, that this is the 37th prisoner swap that has taken place since the war began last year. Yeah, so you're right. I'm you're, telling like you, Michelle they just said, keep swapping prisoners because they ain't got nowhere to put them. We're not doing the prisoner of war thing. I you, Jack. Right? What was the film we just watched... Um, about the the guy that was the ra the that ran track and then mm -hmm. was kept prisoner of war. You know why don't they, I'm not envisioning that kind of thing right now. I'm not like yeah. I'm just saying I don't think that they have the facilities or the infrastructure. I mean, look at Ukraine; it's a pile of rubble right now. Yeah, because uh, they're gonna. They just want to. Honestly, they want it to be destroyed so they can take all their. You know, Zelensky the literally has this video. Come on, BlackRock, we're ready for you. Come on, American business, we're ready to. We just needed. We. It's called a renovation. Yeah. Okay, it's just a renovation. That's Russia, a right here, bomb. Could you bomb right here? Very good, because we want shopping mall. Good, 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 good. Just bomb right here, shopping mall. Going to built up is going to be great. It's going to be Western everything. All right, you, that's, you might even have one of those um, any any uh, uh, pretzel shops, you know, over here in the malls. Even though the malls around here are, are, are uh, you know, failing. And All right, so the intelligence confirms the 37th prisoner swap. There have been uh, at least about 1,646 Ukrainian prisoners that have been released, according to Kiev. Additionally, he said the release POWs include troops who held out in Mariupol during Moscow's month-long siege that reduced the southern port city to ruins, as well as guerrilla fighters from the Kershaw region and snipers <clears throat> captured during the ongoing fierce battles for the eastern city of Bakhmut. One international war correspondent observed, in the wake of the swap, we've seen in the last few months that these releases have become routine, and yet neither side appears ready to come to the negotiation table. Put the pin on it together. And then, and you know, it's very strange. Russia's doing really bad. There's a bunch of soldiers being killed. But it seems like Russia is, is in your country capturing more people. Mm. Releasing more people. <laughs> right. You know, it's, th I'm sorry. Okay, so this that's all the narrative that we have for you guys today. Uh, this is come to your own occlusion. Come to conclusion. your own conclusion. Day. All right, so uh, Stefan says... But do they have to go to war? Can't they do business deals like China? No, because we've got to bomb, baby. We got to bomb. We have to get out all these old buildings out of way, and I can't. We, they can't afford the demolition costs. All right, okay. William on Facebook says um, this is our government com committing acts of terrorism against our own people about the oil pipeline. Just one more thing with actions and everything that they're trying to do, expect the death toll to hit 2 billion people in the near future. That's a lot of people. I don't think it's going to get there. I really don't think it's going to get there. I think that uh, like they're playing war in Ukraine. I don't think that the numbers are what, and even with COVID, do you remember in the beginning, we were given these trajectories of millions projections i guess i should say predictions yeah. of millions of people that that died mm -hmm. and it did it wasn't realized yeah 
They use and because fear. it wasn't being realized, they put you in the hospital. They got to kill you right there. Yeah, that's true. They use fear rather than actual death to control. All right, you know what? We've got some. Uh, I got a couple videos for you. You know, every we do world news, and when I go to Breitbart, Breitbart has a world news section, and it's and it's the, and it, I'm grateful for their world news section because I get a lot of our news from there. Because people got to write articles. I'm not in. I'm not newsflash. I'm not over there to to be firsthand. I first eye report or whatever. First hand eyewitness. So half the articles are about migrants. And we're talking about illegal migrants, not Ukrainian migrants. We're talking about migrants from Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, the Muslim countries, and Africa. Okay? So they've somehow joined together. And, and so whether it's France or Germany or Italy, there's always a news story there was a news story today of an Iranian who killed the woman who opened up her home to him as a migrant. It's just, there's so many. And I try not to do the, to, to, to read them all, but every week we highlight something interesting happening within the migrant sphere in Europe. And this is a, this was an interesting video I saw here with Polish uh, authorities are having a standoff with migrants at their border. We do know that Hungary and Poland have really uh, decided, you know what, we're not we're not letting in these migrants. So no more migrants for for Poland here, and so we're having some water cannons and and, and a few issues here. me about migrants trying to come into your country if you have rules and you have laws and migrants are trying to get in and and they are not allowed in what is with these countries that don't just take maybe a, a, a stronger hand than a water cannon i'm just saying right like you're trying to invade my country can you consider that an act of war do you just take you know severe actions i don't know i feel like maybe some more severe actions would stop these people from coming and i'll just leave that to your own imagination all right so if you skip the, skip one tweet and go to the next one this is a migrant in ireland who is upset that he got down too late at the migrant detention center here in ireland and he didn't get his breakfast look 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 how what's he doing what's he doing to us Look, look, they used to fucking four to his me. And now look, look what he pushed me. He pushed, I didn't get my breakfast. I didn't get my breakfast. I will show you what I will. Don't touch me, please. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. And other front too. An asylum seeker in Dublin flew into rage after he came late for breakfast. And staff said he could no longer be served. Chaotic scene ensued, and the man was pushed towards the exit while live streaming the incident. That's awesome. Nobody was injured. 
but tensions remain high in many asylum shelters, which are facing overcrowding with mostly young migrant males. So don't touch me, I want my breakfast. Yeah, I feel that way. Listen, I'm gonna be straight up honest with you. When we go and we stay at a hotel that serves breakfast, and we don't eat breakfast. Lee and I just flat out, we are not breakfast people. We usually, we kind of intermittent fast, not on purpose. It's just our lifestyle. We just, our friends, the ages, they have spent time with us in, 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 you know, at different places. And they're like, you guys just eat all night. Well, that's because we didn't eat all day. So we literally went 10 to 12 hours without eating. And then we get, and I don't know how healthy that is. It's just how we live. It's more along, like that's after sleeping. But uh, what I'm saying is, yeah. but I want that free food. Mm-hmm. So I will wake up. Have I not? I will get up and I will go and get my food and I will bring it back and I will make myself eat it or put it in the fridge in the hotel just for the free food. But I also make sure that I get down there in time. If they're serving the free food, you got to get there in time. If you're not there in time, you know, you're not going to get the food. I don't care if you're a migrant. Okay. But the laughable thing of all of this is that the entitlement of a migrant being so upset that he didn't get his free breakfast. Did you pay for that breakfast? Now that would be something to be in a rage about. I paid for a breakfast and you didn't give me what I paid for. Now I'm going to live stream it. So that particular video, Ireland is, not all of Ireland is happy to have all the migrants there. Sure. So senators in Ireland have demanded online censorship after public backlash against the mass migration explodes in Ireland. A number <gasps> of Irish senators have called for stricter, stricter censorship. So we're not going to keep them, the migrants from coming in. You just got to stop being upset about it. We're going to make it stop talking about it. To be implemented online after a sudden surge in public black backlash against the ongoing migrant crisis. Uh, multiple senators in Ireland have made public calls for online censorship in Ireland to be tightened in the wake of growing disquiet over the country's pro-open borders approach to its ongoing migrant crisis. You're not allowed to talk about anything in Ireland that it doesn't go along with um, the, the, the leftist narrative. All right, tens of, they've seen tens of thousands of people arrive in the country of just 5 million over the last 12 months. With the country having a population much smaller than that of many individual U.S. states, the impact of thousands of arrivals has been devastating for many local communities, which many ordinary Irish people now struggling to find affordable accommodation in the country as the government focuses on housing both Ukrainian and non-Ukrainian migrants from abroad. Uh, and if you, um, you can scroll down and... Um, I think I closed it down. No, no, no. You're, I'm sorry. It wasn't opened up. I just opened up some the Breitbart oh, ones. Okay. So you have to open them up separately. Sorry. Maybe you can do a new window and open up the recent ones. I don't know. I can get it. All right. So speaking in the uh, general country's synod, El Reen on Tuesday, leftist Senator Maureen Sherlock attempted to link general anti-refugee sentiment to an alleged violent incident that she said to have occurred at a migrant camp at the capital of uh, the country's capital in Dublin. So, yeah, they want, uh, last week, uh, there was an article, Ireland's Asylum Chaos Senators Call for Anti-Migrant Crisis Protests to be Made Actually Illegal. Yeah. Play this one. Mm -hmm. Leader, a few of us in this house don't feel very safe on uh, social media. And many, uh, never even mind politicians, but ordinary people from minority backgrounds now more than ever in uh, Ireland don't feel uh, safe on social media. And just in the last 24 hours, I have reported uh, hate, I have reported threats, uh, violence, threatening violence uh, towards myself, 
uh, for just simply putting up quotes in social media. And on Facebook, I was told that it doesn't, um, they, they don't see that I'm, I'm in threat, and the same with uh, uh, Twitter. And I just think that's really, it's, it's, it's inappropriate because I feel that I was uh, threatened, uh, to be honest. And it's not, again, it's not just around me personally, it's all politicians, but ordinary people too um, uh, black people, uh, brown people, refugees, uh, migrants, you know, ordinary people within, uh, within our society. We do all have the freedom of speech obviously and we should have the freedom of speech but when your uh, uh, speech becomes a threat and becomes hate towards a community or towards an individual well then it's no longer uh, uh, freedom of speech because what you're doing is a uh, hate speech and I don't need to give a lecture here in this house because we're all trying and even uh, last night um, and, uh, and um, up front in an RTE, you know, I credit the politicians for showing their support uh, to uh, migrants and refugees, and we want we want to show that uh, support. But again, uh, Leader, I caught last week as well for the Minister of Equality to come into the House to uh, reassure uh, migrants and refugees their uh, safeties uh, within and uh, okay. the island of Ireland. There's a lot of ed ed eds there. Um, so her threats. I get it. No, you shouldn't be allowed to th threaten people, um, sh surely. Uh, but hate speech. What is hate speech? I don't want you in my country. Is that hate speech? No, that's not hate speech, actually. And and you know what? It is probably hate speech according to what they count as hate speech. But again, here on Resistance Chicks and you guys that are watching, none of us view hate speech as violence. Well, and remember, from October, Ireland, there's a difference between a threat and hate speech. Remember, by the way, in Ireland, you can be jailed up to five years for hate speech. Oh my gosh! So this is this is pretty crazy. Um, in Sweden, on the one hand, they're saying you know you, that I it was actually I, I don't know if it was it was Sweden or Finland or Denmark, one of those countries um, stopped a Quran burning. But a Sweden, the Swedish agency warns of increased terrorism threat. Mm. So the Swedish Agency for Psychological Defense has warned that Sweden is in the crosshairs of foreign actors who are spreading messages that the country is a legitimate target for terror attacks. Um, Mikael Tolfsson, head of the operations department at the Swedish Agency for Psychological Defense, stated earlier this week that attitudes towards Sweden abroad were becoming more and more aggressive, according to Tolfsson. Uh, part of the rise in aggression comes from a social media campaign by Muslims that claims Swedish social services were kidnapping children of Muslim families in Sweden. A phenomenon that has been ongoing since late 2021. Another factor listed by Tosin was the uh, multi-day violent Easter riots that took place last year in reaction to the burning of the copies of the Islamic Quran in several cities uh, by Danish anti-Islam activist Remus uh, Polden. However, we must emphasize that we do not assess the terrorist threats themselves. It is the responsibility of the security police. So you would think that in Sweden you wouldn't have this this kind of issue, but you do. You you do. And they. Let me read a couple of comments here on just kind of stories that we've been talking about. Um, Britt Boz says, Michelle, the nations that don't use anything more than a water cannon don't want to have images all over the internet of their army shooting unarmed asylum seekers. The press would have a field day. You're right, especially seeing as the press are left wing. James says, I feel so sorry for the Irish people having to deal with all this stupid stuff. Um, over here on Rumble, Robin says, 
Why would Putin blow up the pipeline if he could just turn off the faucet? Then she says, there's a video showing that Russian soldiers were risking their lives to convince Ukrainians to surrender. And Putin has no problem storing prisoners. There's all of Serbia. I get that. What I meant was facilities, not landmass. Yes, Russia is huge. Okay, I just meant as far as not being able to help them facility-wise. It just seems like they don't want to go to the trouble is what I was getting at there. All right. So there is an MEP, a French MEP, that has his immunity stripped after um, what he said about a mosque being built was labeled as hate speech. Mm. So again, with the hate speech craziness, populist uh, reconquest MEP Nicholas Bay has been stripped of his parliamentary immunity after allegations of hate speech over criticism of a mosque development in northern France. He's a member of Eric Zemmour's reconquest party, um, he was running in the same kind of vein as Marine Le Pen, um, Eric Zemmour was. He was stripped of his immunity by the European Parliament on Thursday after French authorities accused him of hate speech. Mm. The hate speech allegations date back to May of 2021 when Bay released a video on social media regarding the building of a mosque in Normandy. In Normandy. He is accused of linking the building of mosques to radical Islamic ideologies and terrorism. The docile majority, the servile majority, voted to waive my parliamentary immunity. We are not giving up. I will fight in French courts, he said in response to the European Parliament vote. Bay was formerly a member and vice president of Marine Le Pen's National Rally Party in February of last year when he was alleged to have passed on information to Eric Zemmour during the first round of the French presidential elections. Despite being removed from her party, uh, he later called for an alliance between the two. The subjects of Islamization and the development of parallel societies in France have been a major topic of discussion, with President uh, Macron claiming he would tackle the issue in 2020. So it is a thing that there are parallel societies mm -hmm. and there are, are, there are radical Islamists and they are, they, are, you know, France is a Christian country for all intents and purposes. I know some say it's, it's just atheist, but they, they're definitely uh, a Christian country. And um, several uh, mosques in recent years have actually been closed because of links to radical Islam, including just outside of um, Le Mans, which was shut down by authorities after uh, preaching for armed jihad. And so if you take if there's like this line you can't cross and talking about it, it's very strange. Yeah. Um, it's but they're actually taking action, which with. The closing down of the mosques is very clear evidence that they know exactly what's going on. So, but they're trying to curb these things. But then this things. guy comes in and says, "I don't want you to build it because it might be connected to radicalism." Well, you can't say that. But it's about it's what what I'm saying is they are taking action because they don't want explosions and suicide bombs and things like that to happen in France. So they're actually doing the things, but they are not talking about it. Yeah, the government of Milan has announced it would be clearing an area uh, long squatted by illegal African migrants in order to transform the site into a new mosque and Islamic center. The building, which is located along the Via Esterole in the northeast of the city, has been occupied illegally for years, with local residents complaining to the government about issues of crime, but receiving a few answers from the government. Now the populist Lega city councilor, uh, Sylvia Sardone, the government of Milan Mayor Beppe Sella, is looking to clear out the squatters in order to build a new mosque. As can be seen from the answer given to me by Deputy Mayor, so the municipality is in no hurry to evict the former public toilets in Via Estorre, illegally occupied by dozens of illegal African migrants for the past six years. 
It will do so only to make room for the House of Muslim Culture, which has been awarded to those spaces to build a large mosque. The Muslims ask and the municipality uh, executes. Um, adding that uh, for the left Italians uh, count less than Muslim communities to whom everything is granted. Wow. All right. The Sikh who tried to assassinate the queen with a crossbow has pled guilty to treason. I'm just thinking back on that story. Maybe that would be a way to get rid of the homeless camps in California if you wanted to build a mosque where they are. Well, no, unfortunately, those homeless camps are like all along the, On the street. street. I know. Yeah, I guess you're right. A Sikh man who sought to assassinate the late Queen Elizabeth II with a crossbow at Windsor Castle on Christmas Day has pleaded guilty to treason. Uh, his name is Jaswat Singh Chal Chal, who is of South Asian heritage. That means ah, Muslim. he's Middle Eastern. No, no, because remember, that could mean that could mean Pakistani. Or it could mean it could even, but it's not saying Indian, so it's pretty strange. Uh, to making threats to kill possession of an offensive weapon, an offense under the 1842 Treason Act. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for what I've done and what I will do. What? I will attempt to assassinate Elizabeth, Queen of the Royal Family. The 20 year old, 21 year old, said in a video published a Snapchat shortly before oh, okay. infiltrating Windsor Castle. This is revenge for those who have died in the 1990. 1919. Uh, 1919, Jalawala Bog Massacre. It is also revenge for those who have been killed, humiliated, and discriminated against because of their race. He was stopped by a police officer and armed with a taser after being spotted uh, in the grounds of the royal residence wearing a bizarre mask and hood who asked, Morning, can I help, uh, mate? I'm here to kill the queen, he said. <laughs> Just being honest. Can't yeah, call me a liar. The Jalawala Bog Massacre, better known as the Amistar Massacre, took place in what was then the British India at a time of extreme tension, with mobs having recently murdered a number of European men, set several buildings associated with British rule, set on fire, and subjected a, uh, a female missionary to life-threatening beating as she bicycled down the street. It saw British commander... Uh, Reginald Dyer of the British Indian Army ordered his mostly South Asian forces to open fire on an outlawed political gathering in a confirmed area with little or no warning, a black mark against the British Empire that was condemned by an official inquiry at the time. 100 years later, dude's got a beef. Settling a score, we want reparations, I'm killing the queen. You know what, though? She died. So, in the end... Was it worth going to jail for something that was going to happen eventually anyway? I don't know. So old? No, it's not worth it. You, sh you know, We condemn all violence. But I'm the same just saying time, if you're going to go after somebody, maybe go after somebody that's not about to croak soon. I don't think, I think maybe he just, because he said, I'm here to do this, I don't think he wanted to. Yeah. I think he just was Arrest so me. upset about what happened to the, his people. Um, you don't think he was put up to it? I don't know. I bet he was put up to it. People don't just start doing that kind of thing. I don't know. I he bet there was been. there was a group behind it. That's could've my been. opinion. Well, I don't know. They didn't arm him very well. <laughs> the crossbow killed True. the queen. True. Um, a failed Iranian asylum seeker has escaped a prison sentence after being sent to a mental health hospital after killing a British grandmother at her home, despite the fact he should have been deported in 2015. Hmm. This guy, um, Bon, 34, pleaded guilty at the Leeds... Crown Court for killing an 87-year-old uh, Brenda Blainley in North Yorkshire last year. Uh, last year. 
the court heard that he had strangled her, then went on to pound her head into the kitchen floor before ultimately slitting her throat. He is a native of Tehran, befriended the elderly woman after traveling to the UK to study in 2015, allegedly developing a grandmother and grandfather grandson style relationship that saw him offered a bedroom to live in her cottage. While the Iranian national's permission to stay in Britain ended in 2015, and an application for asylum status was also rejected, meaning that he should have been deported before the gruesome killing, the Home Office failed to remove him from the country. He was initially charged with murder. However, prosecutors accepted a lesser guilty plea of manslaughter, huh? given the Iranian migrants' supposed long history of mental illness, such as paranoid schizophrenia. Therefore, instead of being sent to prison, he will be sent to a mental health hospital. Are you kidding me? Here's the... Here's... Y'all... You go to jail when you are a threat to society. It's not as much a punishment, even though that's part of it, as much as it, we got to protect everybody from you. So that's why you would go to jail. That's why you go to jail. Even if you're a paranoid schizophrenic, all the more reason. Okay. Now, this is very strange. The judge says, I want to make it clear, both you and to the family of Brenda Blainley, that this is not to say that your responsibility is extinguished. It's not. You remain, I'll bet to a low degree, responsible for the dreadful death of Mrs. No! Blaley. No! You know, this wasn't just like an accident. Degree. Like, this was, like, when you explain, like, when I just read what just happened to this lady, this wasn't an accident. You don't accidentally beat an 86-year-old woman and then slit her throat. That's not an accident. I don't care if you've got schizophrenia. Listen here. Anyone, here's, here's my opinion, okay? Y'all can debate me on this okay this whole temporary insanity thing and all these different pleas if you kill somebody everybody's got mental issues because no normal sane person kills somebody so everybody can claim insanity because in order to kill somebody you gotta be cray cray okay you you feel me i i i feel you this is why you don't Befriend, befriend lions. You know, I love, I watched this this video the other day about the original Winnie the Pooh and I just, I wanted a bear. Didn't I? I kept going. Like the whole evening I was like, I just want a bear. I really want one. Like the, the guy was cuddling with this little bear and I just wanted, I wanted to cuddle with a bear. A friendly one. But also, I know you, bears, even if, I think it's just bear. Is there plural for bears? Bear? Bears? I think there's plural for bears can be friendly, they can be great, but they can also turn on you and kill you. I'm telling you, these asylum seekers are more prone to the cray-cray gene or whatever you want to call it, and that's all I'm going to say. All right, speaking of the UK, there's some interesting fun news here. An amateur detective unearths a rare necklace linked to Henry VIII. Henry VIII. A very oh, thrilling discovery here. You can bring up... Um, I don't know if you've got this one, but it's it's fun. I will find it. There it is. An amateur detectorist in England made clearly a not an discovery. amateur. If they found this, you're a professional now. That history experts almost did not believe. I believe it. A 500-year-old pendant linked to Henry VIII. He may not be Indiana Jones. There's only one way to find out. But one man in the UK has unearthed the holy grail of metal detector finds. Charlie Clark, a cafe owner, finding this 24-karat gold pendant and chain bearing the initials of King Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon. As evidenced in The Tudors and the Broadway musical Six, 
Henry's first wife had a thing for gold bling. The necklace decorated with the Tudor rose and a pomegranate. Catherine symbol. Charlie digging about a foot into the dirt to unearth the heart-shaped pendant. And that's probably a find of 10 or 100 lifetimes. I mean, to find something that you could directly trace to, to royalty, right? I mean, that's just amazing. According to the British Museum, nothing of this size nor importance from the Renaissance period has been found in the UK for more than a quarter of a century. Sometimes you'll hear a good sound and it's a piece of trash, but sometimes you just know. Some of the biggest archaeological finds in the world unearthed by amateur detectorists. The Derry Naflin Chalice in Ireland. It all happened very quickly, about 20 minutes, and um, got a signal. The gold work even then stood out remarkably well. It was beautiful. The cup from the 8th century worth upwards of $7 million. And here in the Americas, an amateur prospector bought an inexpensive metal detector from a radio shack, which he used to find the boot of Cortez, the largest surviving natural gold nugget ever found in the Western Hemisphere. Get out! But back in the UK, Charlie Clark says he screamed like a schoolgirl when he found the necklace. And get this, Charlie only started metal detecting six months prior to this find of a lifetime. The Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon pendant has not yet been valued, but is expected to be worth a pretty significant sum which Charlie will have to split with the property owner of the field where he found it. It's not okay. fair, is it? I think Finders it's fair. Papers. <laughs> 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 yeah. But all it takes is a Radio Shack metal detector. All right, so oh, engraved awesome. on the heart-shaped pendant are the symbols of Tudor King Henry VIII and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, who married him in 1509. And I'm sorry that they played this god-awful Broadway oh, yeah, musical with a bunch of black ladies running around half naked to be the to, to represent Catherine of Aragon. I have no idea why they would do that. Uh, Clark recalled it was just as it was just outstanding. Nobody thinks you're ever going to pull that out that in my lifetime, especially I can imagine in 30 lifetimes. Um, one side features an entwined rose and pomegranate bush, and the other th side shows the initials. A, H, and K. They were and black and sides, white ladies, by the way. The uh, writing T-O-V-S and I-O-R-S, which is connected to the French word to jurors, that means always. The pennant reportedly dates to the year 1521. This beautiful pennant is a thrilling discovery, giving us a tangible connection to Henry VIII and Catherine of Aragon and enriches our understanding of the royal court of the time. And, you know, it's very interesting. How did this necklace get there you know was she i want to know somebody i want to know it stolen and lost later or was she was she wearing it and it she had was no in the i know like, no how way does it get i think that at i think at that point people die who knows where this was when it got lost what the you know providence of it is you know what I mean? I, I doubt very seriously she lost it. That's just my guess. Throughout history, things just... It's more likely that it it got lost through history. I don't know. You'd think it would stay in, like, a museum at that point. Somebody... Well, there uh, of, uh, even have there's to either a lot of fighting been, and things going on and chaos. It would have to either been robbed or, or lost by her. That's all I was saying. Do you think so? I don't know. I would a think A lot of so. things happened between 2023 and 1521. That's what I'm saying. I, that's what I'm saying, that it would be... It would, would it be, be robbed, it wouldn't, it be it wouldn't have stayed within the British monarchy and all their jewels and everything. 
Yeah, I guess maybe. And then I would think it would have to have been robbed at some point. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. So but now everyone that's watching is going to go buy a metal detector. Speaking of metals, Norway finds rare earth metals that could make Europe less dependent on China. Norwegian scientists have made a discovery of rare earth metals in the country's northern region. The findings have the potential to transform the country's economy and secure its place as a major player in the global market for high-tech and green technology. Furthermore, the findings could make Europe less dependent on China for critical metals. Today, China is believed to, have, believed to account for more than 80% of many metals that are needed for green energy, uh, such as rare earth metals using electric tar cars and wind turbines. Now, I'm actually going to get to the fact that China itself, I don't think, is actually, you know, scooping up all the rare earth metals from their country. They're scooping them up from, from other countries. From Africa. Yeah. So you can see that uh, Carl Christensen, a consultant uh, for environmental, for the uh, Bergfeld environmental consultant, says the green shift, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the deposits are believed to be among the largest of their kind. And I'm trying to figure out when I read this, what kind of metals it was. And I can't seem to figure out. Well, it out. just says rare earth metal. Other I metals found in the seabed, uh, magnesium, niobium, cobalt, and rare earth minerals are found in the European Commission's list of critical men uh, minerals. So I don't think they're letting you know. I don't think they want you to know what they've got, baby. Speaking of that, Let's go over to uh, Neil Oliver, and if you want to bring up... There's, Let me read some got, comments okay. here. Oh, I didn't jump, know we were doing Jump in ahead. There's some good stuff here. Okay. All right. Um, let's see. Britt Baza says, Catherine of Aragon was actually French, so the African women uh, is due to the wokeism that's happening in the UK at the moment. Oh, so the, 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 the dancers there. Patriot Gallery says, Handmaiden stole it, then she lost it or sold it, then someone buried it to get it later. Mm -hmm. Britt Boss says, Michelle, China doesn't actually have any mineral or metals, so they are they are obviously buying them from somewhere else. Totally agree on that there. Um, back over on Rumble, Wicked says, some of the migrant population made up of criminals and mentally ill that their originating countries don't want to pay or deal with. I think that's back to the guy that killed the elderly lady. Um, totally. Agree All right. With that. So Neil Oliver has a couple really good um, uh, speeches this week, but I first want to go to his talk on the green agenda, and that's one of the Twitter uh, feeds over here. He says it's the suicidal green agenda, agenda, and the abominable digital ID. And we're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about. Um, cobalt that's coming from Africa um, and these rare earth minerals and how people are being abused to use them and we're using them right now. Cell phones, computers, yeah. all the whole nine. Literally not enough energy in it. So it takes fossil fuels. In Shanghai, where there's been a large uptake of electric cars, the city's charging points are powered by fossil fuels. The air pollution in Shanghai is on the increase as a result save the planet my backside. By the time everyone wakes up, it will be too late and all the cars that work will be gone. America is sitting on 8 million cubic tons of lithium. The US actually led on the development of lithium mines until the 1990s when they were shut down. The Greens in the US, a group well practiced in embarking upon ruinously expensive legal action, effectively bans lithium mining there. 
Now 80% of the world's lithium is mined in Australia, Chile and China. China controls half of the world's lithium production and three quarters of the world's lithium battery factories. Wherever it happens and however it's done, mining of any sort is extraordinarily expensive, requires vast amounts of fossil fuel energy and inflicts catastrophic damage. Renewable energy, dependent upon the mining of rare metals and minerals like lithium, cobalt, copper, silver and a whole raft of others in mind-boggling quantities, can never be green. Renewable energy's appetites rape the planet every bit as enthusiastically as any other. Except nuclear, of course, but we don't talk about nuclear because Greens don't like the clean, emissions-free energy that is nuclear. I say again, the only solution, the inevitable solution, and the one we're not supposed to know about yet, is no cars. They advertise green energy and electric cars, but what they're selling is environmental damage, more billions for the super-rich, followed by no cars for us, bait and switch. Under cover of all this, the fossil fuel industry will be dismantled and put away. I say the day will come when we look over our shoulders and notice it's gone. By then, it will be obvious that most of us don't have cars either. Finally, we'll ask, how come my home is cold and yet I still don't have an electric car? And back will come the reply, shut up and get on your bike. And the mummy and daddy of all bait and switches comes with digital ID. The bait is the well-tried one, which is convenience, such a tasty carrot. The clock is already ticking on a government consultation exercise about the imposition of digital ID. If you haven't noticed, it's hardly surprising since the government hasn't advertised what it's up to. We have until the 1st of March to go to a government website and make clear how much we feel about what is proposed. If we don't object and in enough numbers, the proposals will become law by the end of the year and digital ID will be real. As always, the large print giveth and the small print taketh away. The bright and crunchy carrot of convenience will seek to reassure you that digital ID will keep you safe and ensure your privacy. The dark side, the enemy inside the Trojan horse, is that every shred of your private data will be shared with any government agency and any so-called stakeholder that wants it. Above all else, know this. The new world into which we are sleepwalking is one of zero trust. Zero trust is not my idea. It's the official foundation of your future. Zero trust means each one of us is regarded as a criminal until we can prove otherwise by exposing every scrap of our data. We will be guilty until we prove our innocence. To shop online, you'll have to use your digital ID to prove you are who you are. Just to read your email, to use online banking, even to open your computer will require your digital ID. You'll be in digital jail until you open it with your digital key. All of this can be connected to your carbon footprint and the rest of your social credit score. Make no mistake, all of it is on the Chinese model that enables the state to watch, track and record everything you do and everywhere you go. The cameras are already in place around us and in our phones and screens alongside the microphones that can listen all of this can be tied to a central bank digital currency, not actual money you can hide under the mattress, just a digital credit rating monitored before any and every transaction. Imagine a future where artificial intelligence watches you try and charge your electric vehicle or put fuel in your old car and decides you've already emitted too much CO2 this month. Result, no power or fuel for you. Or you try and buy a steak and the AI decides you've consumed enough environment wrecking beef you can't buy it. Imagine you want to travel to London for a meeting 
and the AI decides you've tweeted something the government doesn't like. No ticket for you. The usual voices will say all of this is just conspiracy theory, but the past three years have proved that today's conspiracy theory is tomorrow's fact. Here are more facts. All online technology is vulnerable to cyber attack, theft and fraud. Banks and the rest are hacked and defrauded all day, every day. There goes your private data. The consultation document is long and complex. The elderly, those without smart tech, those who struggle with technology and even literacy will neither find the document nor be able to take part. In no way can they give informed consent. Children and adolescents are at most risk because they cannot give informed consent by definition. Here's the thing. Our governments want digital ID. For the longest time, most of us have been slaves to debt. In the future, we are to be digital slaves. Our every move under round-the-clock surveillance and subject to the yes or no of Big Brother. When it comes to bait and switch, this is the end game. Once digital ID is in place, they won't need the bait anymore because we'll have swallowed it. We have until March. Don't say you didn't know it was happening. Wow, that was so eye-opening. And I'm glad that Neil actually, here's the deal. People that are watching uh, GB News in the UK are not conspiracy theorists. They're not, right. they're just regular kind of conservative-leaning mm -hmm. people, but they're not conspiracy theorists. They're not abreast of all of the things that we talk about here on Resistance Chicks. So the fact that he is saying these things out loud to the public to warn them. You know when the Patriot Act came into play here in the United States with George Bush? And everyone said, well, I don't have anything to hide. That's always the number one thing that the people that are doing the right thing in life, that's always the, well, it's okay to let them invade my privacy because I don't have anything to hide. That, my friends, goes to show you that you don't understand the premise at all of what's going on. It's not a matter of what they're trying to get from you. It's the why. Why do they want your information? Why do they need to have you tied to a digital ID? Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, I don't have a problem. I don't have anything to hide. I'll show them the digital ID to go to the grocery store. I'll show them the digital ID to get into my email address or to my email, right? Or my bank account. That's what the Chinese said. Well, I don't think they had a choice. You guys have a choice. We here in the United States, we have a choice. We do not have to allow this. And again, to kind of give you guys the bird's eye view picture of, of let me give you the why. All of these terrible things that are happening, the inflation that's skyrocketing, the uneasiness of wars and rumors of wars and all of this, you throw your end times theology out the window on this. This is a very basic thing that had empires of the past had the technology, they would be doing it this way, but they've always done it. And that is to crash society to make people dependent on them. Yeah. That's the bottom line of all of this. They're crashing society to make yeah. people dependent on them, whether it's the digital ID. Right. And we saw throughout COVID in 2020 and 2022 and, and, and 2021, all the years in between, that a lot of the Chinese just kind of went along with it. They showed their ID to go to the grocery store they and then they, get, then they get locked into they buildings. They literally have no choice. There's no, there's no way. Unless to... you have a massive uprising of all yeah, the people. Yeah, in China, there's no choice. There's no right. way around it. All right, here's another cool, uh, well, cool. There's another inter uh, interesting interview here, our, our clip here from uh, GB News here with Neil uh, talking about 
electric energy and cars here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'll be honest, I'm with you. They, you know, you touched on it earlier. They, they basically, it's a seven, it's electric cars have 70% more carbon oh, footprint. That's not been proven, it, The facts are out there, like Volvo did a massive yeah, study Volvo, and the survey, carbon footprint not... of the elect of their electric car was way higher than the petrol. It was something like, it had to, the electric car had to go 150,000 kilometers before it became as, that e as and that's, and lithium batteries, let's talk about the child labor, you know, mining, the 70% of lithium and cobalt mining are being, and that's child and, labor. You go, okay, fine. So that the cities in the UK have cleaner phones, air. I'd uh, rather, how, I'd rather, I would rather on my years. conscience know that what I'm driving as a whole from the minute it was a conception and produced is better for the world as a whole, not, oh, it's going to be more economic, you know, well, environmentally friendly. For... Petrol and diesel and I am in my hybrid car. Nick, I see it's, it's, a, bit, a, I see it's a bit and switch. <laughs> I think we're being sold it because they say it's, it's better for the planet. And I say the reality is it's anything but. That's my you have have whatever you want. Have a V8. Have anything you like as far as I'm. <laughs> okay. So speaking of the child, the, the children, um, I want you to bring up the blood cobalt, the the Congo's dangerous and deadly green energy mines here. I'm gonna play some some of this. The Democratic Republic of Congo is one of the poorest countries on earth. But it holds the world's richest deposits of cobalt. Now the race is on to mine the metal essential to making electric car batteries. This is what people in this region are digging and dying for. It's dangerous work. The massive industrial mines, mostly Chinese-owned, are a law unto themselves. And that right there tells you all you need to know. The Chinese are raping these yeah. countries yeah. and they don't care. No, no, no. And no. they're getting the profit. You understand that a country's natural resources should belong to the country, not yeah. another nation. Yeah, yeah. People are dying for lack of safety. Corruption and violence are rampant. Small-scale or artisanal miners who work on the fringes of the big mines risk arrest, even death. Many are children. This report exposes the brutal cost of our green energy revolution. Are we under arrest? It's a story many don't want told. Put your camera down, camera down, camera down. What you're seeing is just completely dug out, raped land here. Well, it's like any other in mine. the Congo. But the raping comes from 70 the fact that 70% of the world's cobalt comes from the Congo. That these people who live in these countries are the country not is troubled. Decades of conflict have destroyed its economy and its health and education systems. Millions live on less than two dollars a day. You'll notice a lot of these kids are just wearing. As demand like, for this metal has surged, Congolese have flooded into the south of the country, looking to make a buck from the boom. Some have been lucky to find jobs in the big mines, 
most, like Mama Natalie and her sons, John and King, scratch out a living digging for cobalt in the waste that the industrial mines discard. I come to the mine to hustle. If I am lucky, I make some money and I buy food for the kids. But if I don't, they go to sleep hungry. Mama Natalie and her family are artisanal miners, workers who extract the metal by hand in illegal or semi-regulated sites. These miners produce up to 30% of the Congo's cobalt. Every day, before the security guards arrive, they climb the embankments of this Chinese-owned mine and join hundreds of other families in search of cobalt. Wow. She says we collect dirt. The kids help by picking it up and washing it. They also sort through it looking for minerals. They're trespassing, so they have to work fast. Security often beat, arrest, and even shoot artisanal miners. It's not a good life for children. We just don't have any other options. Almost as soon as they begin, it's time to leave. The mine security teams are on their way. When the patrollers break for lunch, Natalie and her boys will dig for another hour. If they find enough cobalt, they'll eat tonight. Wow. You can pause that. Um, you know, and, and there's one more video I want you to play, uh, a shorter one. There's no reason for this country of, full of natural resources no, they should have a booming, great, a, a booming African they've economy. Got, they've got fields. They've got land. No one should be going hungry. There should be plenty of food to be planted. This is insane. This is a result of, like, a lack of knowledge of God, for, no, for one. God has given every area in this world uh, natural resources that should not be exploited, okay? That's And should not be used in a way that is going to you know, rape the planet. I mean, these are limited natural resources. And quite frankly, we, you know, we go through computers and cell phones, like they're nothing. And every time we, you know, get rid of another electrical component or electrical thing, who was behind the making of that? Who was mm. behind the digging of the, you know, there's, there's lithium, there's cobalt, there's a lot of other uh, natural resources. And if, let's say, you know, you've heard of like fair trade coffee, 
right? Or fair trade chocolate, mm -hmm. where people are paid a living decent wage, where they are as comfortable at, in their lives for the comparable work that you do, do during a day as you are. It doesn't mean it has to be dollar for dollar. It means do they have a nice house? Do they have clothes? Do they have food for the work that they're doing um, to supply the, the West and all these other people who are just so um, greedy, the word is greedy, and the and the slavery mentality. You have to recognize the slave owner mentality mm. never goes away. Yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, even in Elon Musk is just a giant slave owner because with his electrical vehicles, he knows where these things are coming from for his vehicles, and he doesn't care. He literally he blocks that out of his brain, and you can wonder how do these slave owners do this? Well, they didn't have to see it. A lot of times they had owners who did things and these people have thugs who will, who will beat children, who will, will kill people. And the bottom line is if the Congo and the people in the Congo were getting wealthy off of the cobalt, well, that would be probably a little bit of a different story, but they're not. Africa belongs is, to Africans. Africa belongs to Africans. Go ahead and play this, the next video and we can move on from here, but. Um, right to the... Um... This is the one. Yes. This is what the world's soaring demand for cobalt is doing to the Democratic Republic of Congo. Under each of these shelters are deep tunnels dug by hand. They often collapse. At the end of them are deposits of cobalt, of which Congo exported nearly $2 billion worth in 2019. And exports are growing fast. But the miners say they're being cheated. We're working very hard and digging very far to take this out, but we're getting almost nothing for it. The conditions are dangerous, but we're not paid for our level of sacrifice under the ground. And the sacrifices are great. The miners working here say when they enter the shaft, it takes them one and a half hours to climb all the way down and then through the narrow tunnels to reach the rock face where they're cutting out the cobalt. End of their shift, it takes them even longer to climb all the way back up and it doesn't look safe at all. There are cracks in the sides of the earth and it's propped up with tree branches and thin timbers. People here told us two miners were buried alive the day before we visited. When they didn't come home from work, their wives came here to find out what happened. They're waiting for the bodies to be dug out. The week before, people told us these men died here in another collapse. As soon as the bodies and debris are removed, the miners keep digging out cobalt. Nobody here can afford to stop. There aren't any other jobs for them. This is the end of a line of about 40 men that starts deep underground. About a fifth of Congo's cobalt is dug out like this by hand. The government's planning reforms. It says it wants to make the sector safe. One rock's taken from every batch to be crushed and tested at buying stations like this one. Most of them have been taken over by Chinese companies in recent years. The amount of cobalt is measured by this machine. All the miners we spoke to say the machines are usually rigged, as are the weighing scales. Are they taking us for fools or slaves? When we take our minerals to the Chinese, they cheat us on the quality and the weight. How can we, as Congolese, benefit from this way of working? Days spent digging out earth or rock without any cobalt aren't paid at all.
These men have had better luck. They gather at the mine's edge to divide their cash. On the best days, they say they can make about $12 each, but usually it's less than half that. Much of the cobalt will go into the batteries of the world's latest electric cars. Here, it's pushed out of the pit on old bicycles. They risk it all to dig out one of the world's most sought-after minerals, Pause. but they only see we'll a tiny see. fraction okay. of its profits. Don't you think that if you're going to work your entire life for uh, a mineral Pope. that and use an electric vehicle, you should be able to afford the said electric vehicle? Yeah. And so, the world, so here's the thing. thing. Jinx. When we hear the, the postulations of AOC and all these greenies, and Joe, Joe Biden just saying, They're just buy an electric car, just buy an electric owners. car. Six bucks a day, he said. Slave he said 12, day, 12 bucks on a good day, six bucks on a bad day, risking their lives for $6 a day so that Joe Biden and AOC can tell you to drive an electric car. Are you kidding me? Slave owners. The Democrat Party and the left. They are, are the, the party They are the owners. racists. They're the racist slave owners. I'll say it a hundred times a day. They're slave owners. They're slave owners. They're, they have a slave mentality. They 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 do it over there, those people doing those things. Exactly. All right. Let me uh let me read some comment comments here. And Dora Darling says Congo politicians, like many politicians everywhere, sell their country's citizens for bribes. Well said. Britt Vaza says, Michelle, the problem with the modern world is globalization with corporate companies that are out for profit. The UK used to be mend and make. Do attitude, the world needs to go back to that attitude. Oh, the mend and make, make do. Excuse me. Mend and make do attitude. The world needs to go back to that 100%. That way the planet resources will be conserved for future generations. James says, the workers should revolt in an effort to get more equitable a more equitable deal. Instead, they just accept what they have. This is what I think Patriot Gallery would say, what Leah and I would say. They need Jesus. They need to know that God has given them land and resources not to work for, not even to mine cobalt. Forget the cobalt. Mm -hmm. Forget the cobalt. Yeah. Grow food. Yeah. Have animals. Have a homestead. Like everybody in Africa should be living that life. I mm -hmm. think everybody in the world should be living that life. But there's no reason with as large as Africa is, even the Congo, the, and, and how rich the land is, the soil is there. There's no reason that these people are going hungry. All right. Speaking of hungry, in the UK, I'm so glad that Neil Oliver has taken not only to decry um, the electric vehicles, but to talk about true environmentalism. And you can actually, this is one of the tweets up here. Uh, there's two of these. So I want you to play the first one, which has, it's just two minutes long. Um, and he has on the people, uh, a couple, a couple, a couple people, uh, Gareth Wynne Jones and, uh, the people's health Alliance in the UK here. Let and so we're talking about, Growing your own food, doing things naturally, getting back to face-to-face um, -face farmer to consumer exchanges. Yeah. And Great Britain is great for this. Your egg prices have gone through the roof. But so the, have ours. But the egg producers are not making more money, especially in the UK. You guys have more per capita, I would think. Uh, definitely per capita. Small-time farmers who do mm -hmm. things the right way try to do things a little bit more organic, try sure. to do things a little bit more non-GMO. I mean, you have Ireland is 
is filled with sheep everywhere and it's pretty awesome. And I actually kind of, if there's one thing I envy, I totally envy. And the one thing, you know, make America great, the UK and Europe, and we're, we definitely know that we have to separate those two. Okay. If you, if you're in America, England is not part you of Europe. You need to know. Just, you need to know. All right. Um, even though it's the same continent, <laughs> but whatever. Okay. So the UK and Europe, you, people will go there. And who have, like, even celiac disease or gluten intolerance. Mm -hmm. And they can eat all the food. Sure. Like, they can eat the bread. Because it's not poisoned. Because it's not poisoned. And so I appreciate that you guys appreciate better for your food. Not everybody. I know it's a vastly different situation there in, in each circumstance. But this is, a, this is a push to get the system out. And Neil Oliver is talking about getting back to these... Um, uh, transactions between good farmer who loves the land and this this guy is a, a a great farmer and and let's play this video will this will this kind of initiative do you think that will let people be reassured having that more direct relationship with where the beasts are raised or and where the how the crops are grown uh, let's never forget forget neil uh, cheap food will come at a cost to something you know, and um, cheap food's always been pushed by governments, supermarkets, you know, that they're pushing people. We, we are here to watch after our animals and, you know, the health of our soil and the environment and wildlife. And it's not easy, you know, to balance all these things up and produce something that's affordable for people. So when I go back to that cost, yes, it does come at a cost to the environment, to sometimes to the animals and sometimes you know to the soil and the fertility of the land going forward so we all have to re-educate ourselves on how we shop how we eat and you know seasonality is a massive thing um you know you're, you're a cow like me you know from the tops of scotland you would never have avocados and tomatoes in december up there a few years ago you know we're shipping food from all parts of the world I'm not saying that we need to stop that, but we need to look at how we're shopping. And, you know, once we start to understand that this food is here and it's produced by the farmer, these supermarkets and governments aren't producing this food. Um, it's the farmers. And you're yeah. going to need a farmer three times every single day. People have forgotten about the farmers. And, Neil, people have lost a lot of respect for the people that are producing food because yeah. the supermarket shelves have always been full. And you, you wait till them um, shelves start to get empty and then we have problems. But if we can readdress this balance by bringing the power back to the farmer and the people that are buying it, you know, keep that money local, keep that money circulating within the people that have bloody worked hard to produce it, that, that's what we need. And um, it is frustrating because there's a lot of problems out there from government policies to the way Superman. That is so true. And before we comment on that, go and play the second clip here. How, how set, Catherine, just quickly, I'm running out of time here, but um, how, how set up are the farmers? I suppose it's a re-education for them, you know, after you know, generations of just pushing everything into supermarkets. Are they all, are they all ready to go on this, having these, having these more direct relationships with the consumers? 
some are some aren't so one of the things we're doing is um helping that uh, helping farmers with that transition on how they maybe go from a monocrop culture to one that's more a mixed farming approach so they've got multiple routes to market within their local community and it means that they can serve their community with far more products um so through various different schemes um that we can talk about another time but there's some information on the website but we've got a lot of projects coming up through 2023-24 that are really common sense based things that will support farmers genuinely. This isn't about putting money in anyone else's pockets. This is about supporting farmers and it's about supporting communities in accessing good quality food and making sure farmers get a fair price for it. But it's also down to us, the people, to support our farmers because let's face it, government and DEFRA are doing nothing. So we're seeing that push here in the United States. And while we kind of do some commentary on that, you can actually leave that open um, and go to um, his Instagram. I'm um, sorry. So uh, go to um, Gareth, Gareth Wynn Jones, and he has an Instagram. And if you want to do a little commentary on um, just kind of scroll through some of his pictures, like he's got his dog there. He's a farmer. Um, and oh, my gosh. What is that? Are those wild ponies? Yeah. You guys have Karen, wild ponies? Karen Nadal. Wow, wow, that's really awesome. There's his, oh, that's beautiful. Is he, is he in Wales? Is that where, where he said that he was at? A lot of the great ones are in Wales. Is ticking, and guess what? One week to Dairy Tech 2023. So get your tickets. Oh. It's going to be another. Oh, is that for the, I think that that's some sort of sports thing. It's not every day I get dairy a couple tech. of scousers oh, up on the farm. But these are really good lads, honestly, I promise you. I'm going to introduce you to... John. Stephen. Now, we have had a fantastic afternoon. We have been talking about energy. Energy and saving money for farmers. All right, so, no, I love I want to just kind of scroll through it. his no. picture. Just kind of scroll through. Just yeah. kind of scroll down. No, the, the, the idea got of... got chicken there and his sausages. He actually likes to skydive. The idea of... Going back to getting your food locally is something that you guys have heard us talk about ad nauseum on our show. Got some pheasants. Knowing your own farmer, knowing where your food comes from, where it's raised. That is what we are. Is he a drag king now? I don't know. Who knows? That is where we're all trying to get you guys to go back to because... Good morning. What is that? Yeah. It's a very cold morning here in Wales. Uh... Dreaded TB test results today, so we tested them on Tuesday, and uh, today the vet will come back. So I just, I just, I'm really excited about this initiative in the UK. Yeah. I thought you guys already have local shops, mm -hmm. uh, farm shops, way even more than we do. And um, look at this. No, I'm beautiful. feeling quite privileged making homemade cheese sauce with the produce of the wealthiest farmers here that is just beautiful that looks delicious um we we're big into natural foodie people i gotta tell you and that's why and that's I all i have so... to say really honestly i just i just want you guys to be encouraged to find local farmers because they're doing it in the uk and that's how we're going to buck the system yeah so there's a new initiative to use sheep's wool to reflect sunshine on the vines and you're getting there oh, they find a way to Using there's some obviously some bacon that they've made, uh, dry cured bacon. 
Um, but I wanted also to bring up while we're here, he's got a, an interesting YouTube. Oh, look at that. Valentine's Day. Say it with Marl. That's hilarious. Bone Marl. All right. I thought you guys would um, like this. So I'm Gareth Wynne Jones, and I'm going to be talking about the immersive travel at Tinfluvanthamavechan. That's our farm. And all through the summer, we'll be inviting people to come up and see different aspects of what we do. And one of them aspects is shearing sheep. And I'll be showing you how to shear a sheep in the traditional way with a blade. And I will be showing you as well how to shear a sheep with a machine. So follow me as we start to cut on the sheep and we take the wool away. This is a very, very important part of our routine over the year. Um, it's important for the sheep's health and as well, it's important because the wool is a fantastic byproduct and can be used in many different things from clothing to insulation and as well, Believe it or not, when you see my vegetable plot, I use these bits, which are the dags, the dirty bits, I use them around my veg, which is really, really good for keeping the moisture in the ground. And as well, when we do have frost, it keeps the frost off. And something else it's very good at is keeping the weeds down. So. It's important when we're shearing these sheep to make sure that the sheep are comfortable and they're not too stressed out and they're not kicking. So as you can see, the sheep looks very happy. After we've done the tail and the back end, we then start cutting down the neck I could watch this all day. and taking the wool off here. We do this slowly and carefully and sometimes we do get slight nicks little nicks onto the skin but it's uh, not going to harm the sheep because we will be later on putting some um, like a, a special spray on it to stop the flies getting on it and to stop infections so as you can see this ewe lamb is shearing pretty well and we're trying to get as much of the wool off as close to the skin as we possibly can. This is done here the traditional way as my forefathers would have done it for many many years. So he's been doing this for generations. It does take time and uh, I would usually do it with a machine but I like to keep the traditional skills alive as well like so that. people can see them and there's a picture of my grandfather and his six brothers in Kamenaint, which is one of the family farms, and they're all shearing, and it's a lovely picture of how family farms would have been, everybody co-working together to get the job done. Doesn't quite happen the same uh, today, but we do co-work to gather the sheep, and sometimes as well, to shear the sheep. So you can see the wool's coming off very, very nicely. We're about halfway through. And this wool is very, very good wool. It's very fine. And the microns in this will be very good 
for my wife and my daughter to make the Welsh woolen hats that they do. So not only do we use the wool for clothing and for insulation, but as well, the wool will be used to make Welsh woolen hats, which was my daughter's idea from a tour about five years ago with Rick Steves. <laughs> so one of the ladies that were on the tour was a weaver and she was very keen to take some wool back home with her. So she asked Mary, would it be possible to buy some wool? And Mary said, yeah, no problem. So they got a bag and put the wool the in. But Mary did think that the wool looked a bit dirty and a bit yellow, which was probably would have been a little bit of pee on it. <laughs> so she came up with a bright idea that she wanted to wash it. So her mother, Rianne, and Mary Googled it and they washed some wool. And then Mary had a, a felting kit for Christmas and that felting kit, she'd used it to make a reindeer, but she didn't have quite enough felt to finish the reindeer. So what she was doing in the evening was doodling with the wool and she doodled a little owl and then she doodled a little Welsh woolen hat, which was really, really lovely. I'm and Leah, we can't believe it or not, she now. gave it to me. Just let me finish. And not only am I renowned for my farming skills, but I'm renowned for my social media skills as well. So I'm known as a tweeting farmer, amongst other things. And what I did was I tweeted a picture of this beautiful woolen hat that my daughter had made and off it went into the social media world and within five minutes I had a phone call of a guy called Jim Jones and Jim Jones is the head of Go North Wales or North Wales Tourism Group which do a lot of fantastic work to promote North Wales its tourism and its businesses so Jim phones and he says, wow, I love these Welsh woolen hats. Is there any chance that I can have some? Well, I said, it's nothing to do with me. It's my daughter that's making them. So I gave the phone over to Mary and I said, Mary, there's a guy on the phone who wants to ask about the Welsh woolen hats. So Jim was talking to Mary and they were going, whatever. And Mary was going, yes, Jim, yes, Jim. Yes, Jim. And then Mary puts the phone down. And I said, Mary, what did Jim have to say? Well, Jim is going to Japan in a couple of weeks. And Jim wants 30 Welsh woolen hats. Can you believe it? So in the next three weeks, they had to make 30 Welsh woolen hats to go out to Japan. And they were an absolute a roaring success out there and everybody loved them we had pictures back from my little kitty and all kinds of japanese um people that are in business and very very important people that jim had met on his journey out in japan and since okay. that 
So a Welsh woolen hat is going to be you a cannot, felted hat, so it's not going to be... If I finish the story, I finish shearing the sheep. So come along to Tin Llwyfan to have a piece of this amazing immersive travel to see us shear these sheep, to see us sheepdog demonstration, to come and visit our Celtic hill fort. So like come along, ago, I finish shearing... And that's a felting. So Woolen hat. Yeah. I don't believe so it. Actually show a hat. So the it's Welsh. a felted hat. So they didn't have to sit there and knit thirty hats. Right. Okay. All right. I felt like with all the news you stories, felt I felt like with all the news stories that I had today, I just wanted to chuck those because you know what? In the scheme of things, in the world, that's so much more important. <laughs> that's what I want you guys to take away from our world news show: that people around the world are actually doing great things, and we can do great things, and we should encourage and spend our our efforts really pushing forward um, these natural arts of things. All right, so. Um, I do have two, two or three more stories before we say goodbye, and I'm going to come back to um, Neil Oliver, but um, I do have a, a short story for you if you bring up the Canadian Parliament. Tucker Carlson did uh, uh, an interview with a Canadian guy, and he said, you know, what are we doing uh, trying to help Ukraine's borders when, you know, Justin Trudeau is a tyrant and we're not, you know, helping Canadians? Well, um, the Canadian Parliament... Uh, had a vote on whether to condemn C Tucker Carlson for his outrageous comments. And I just, I just found this like, here's the woke. They can't get Speaker, a joke. After consultation with the parties in the House, if you seek it, I believe you will find unanimous consent for the following motion: that given the f the rise of far right and associated violent extremism led to the attempted insurrection in the United States, the House condemns recent comments made by Fox News personality Tucker Carlson, in which he suggests U.S. armed forces liberate Canada from the current Prime Minister. All those opposed to the honorable member moving the motion will please say nay. Nay, I'm afraid we don't have uh, unanimous consent. By the way, it, fa it failed, and we don't want to be too picky or anything, but we did not suggest the armed forces liberate Canada. You're flattering yourself, Canadian member of parliament. We wouldn't need the armed forces. A couple of your college roommates just ran up the sled dogs and you wouldn't be able to move. Mr. Speaker. There you go. Speaker after so funny. Oh, my gosh. All right. Um, so I do have um, a video by, I don't know if I can play this one. This is one of a woman from St. Lucia, a doctor from St. Lucia in the Caribbean, talking about how she is still under um, like a prosecution for using ivermectin. Um, so I don't know if we want to, um, want to play this one first. Yeah. And you don't have to play the music. I just felt like with all the bad news outside in the world today, I saw this video and this is our commercial break. Strong, my arms will hold you, keep you safe and warm. Hey, that's the nice this bond between us can't be broken. I don't want to get a copyright on the music, but that's adorable. So, our podcasters, you're watching a, a mom polar bear loving on a baby polar bear. I told you I want a bear. I know. I said I want a bear. You can't have them. I want a bear. Like, 
I want that in my life. That's adorable. Oh my gosh. That's absolutely adorable. Made me smile. Okay, so you're saying so you want to say goodbye to Facebook? Well, no, uh, we can't. Let's go ahead and play this Neil clip. Now, Neil has a whole clip. We're not going to play the whole clip, uh, but I do want to play this the half of the clip here. Here in Britain, uh, they like to tell us we have the mother of all parliaments, but he's saying it's not true that they're, we are, you're actually being ruled by like the, the governing elites rather than the, the, here's the thing. Your, your government should be representing you, not telling and scolding you and telling you what to do. Yeah. There's a war on and not enough people know it. I'm not talking about the third world war warming up nicely between Russia and the West over the weeping sore that is Ukraine, but the silent war waged by parliament against we, the people. It's not just between us Brits and our parliament. Similar wars are being waged elsewhere in the West by governments against those they seek to govern, or rather to dominate. But the war being waged here against us in these islands may be the most important. Here in Britain, they like to tell us we have the mother of parliaments. It's hardly true, but it's a good line for the tourists. But if our parliament wins this war, it will have consequences for the whole of the West and the whole of the world. Those aware of the silent war know it's been going on for many years. Some learned souls will tell you it's been the stuff of decades, if not centuries, passed between generations of politicians and others. The strategic objective is total control of the people. This is being achieved not by bullets and bombs, but by stealth, sleight of hand and the misuse of legislation. Those in pursuit of centralised power, of a one-world government, hate, and with every fibre of their being, sovereign nation-states. That said, they reserve a special loathing for national constitutions that define the rights of people in perpetuity. Total control of the sort the state has in mind requires the hoodwinking of the people into thinking Parliament is the highest power in the land, that they tell us what to do. It's interesting to note that hoodwinking is a term from the art of falconry, whereby a falcon with lethal talons, the swiftest attacking flight and the sharpest eyesight of all living creatures is kept docile and under control simply by having a little hood placed over its head. I called it a silent war and I mean it. Do you hear the dissenting voices? Can you hear the rage? No, that's because you're not meant to. For those involved, it feels like most people in the country are behind soundproof glass. No matter how loud the drumming with fists on that glass, too many carry on regardless. It feels like a bad dream in which disaster is looming in the form of a giant wave or a wall of flame, and yet no one hears the alarm being raised. Now we're in the end game of this war, and fortunately for us, right in the closing stages, over these last two years or so, Parliament and those who would control our Parliament finally overplayed their hand, and by the high-handed application of disastrous and draconian policies inadvertently woke too many people up to the ruse that's being played on them, it's as though after all those years of distance run, the last bunch handed the baton of the relay race for the sprint to the finish line have proven to be the clumsiest clowns tripping over their own feet. So much power seized so quickly went to their heads. But for all that, we have to concede that they tried their damnedest to get over the line and they're definitely still trying. For these last two or three years, the underdogs caught up in the silent war have literally been silenced, forced to shut up. I've always considered myself to be about as mild-mannered as they come, Obedient to rules, respectful of authority. If you told me a few years ago that I'd be censored here in the UK for asking questions, I'd have scoffed. But here we are and here I am, like so many others, increasingly subject to censorship online. Too many broadcasters and journalists in this country, those inclined to speak up about blatant wrongs by authority, have simply been silenced. And far too many have been willingly and enthusiastically complicit in the slavish transmission of Parliament's message and the suppression of contrary views. 
And yet, three years later, in all manner of silenced views, those that were called misinformation or ridiculed as conspiracy theory have been proven correct after all. Scientists, doctors and other health professionals, a handful of journalists, people from all walks of life had their reputations trashed, their livelihoods destroyed, and yet they were right all along. But still the censorship and silencing goes on. Bill Gates, the self-appointed Lord God Almighty of science and vaccines, has himself come out and admitted the so-called vaccines he pushed on everyone don't work as advertised. But if I quote him on some online channels, that content comes down. The so-called vaccines are being withdrawn for the under 50s and yet to ask why, when those products are still described only as safe and effective, is to invite yet more silencing. Last week we learned, like it was any kind of surprise, that the government had deployed spies and sneaks to record dissenting voices and seek to have their voices silenced. Among them, the 77th Brigade, a PSYOPs unit of the British Army that uses social media to help the government control the narrative and push its propaganda. MP Tobias Elwood, chairman of the Defence Select Committee and, in my opinion, a spymaster and warmonger, is the brigade's lieutenant colonel. Around the world, it's the same. Outspoken Canadian psychologist Dr Jordan Peterson has been threatened with the removal of his licence to practice unless he submits to, quote, social media re-education. In other words, stop saying what you're saying or there will be consequences. Wow. You know, and... and I know that it's not just Leah and I with our channel resistance chicks and the voice that we have, you guys are being silenced just on regular social media platforms for making regular posts because the word, and I've said this before on the show and this bears repeating because our show is centered around God. That's a biblical worldview that Leah and I take. They have to silence you because when you speak and when you say something and when you make a public declaration, no matter who sees it, you are you are actually putting a spiritual force out into, into the world that is an affront to their demonic, tyrannical takeover. That's why it's important to never allow yourself to be silenced. Even if they come after you and they try to take you down, then go somewhere else and say it, right? Do not allow yourself to be pushed into a corner and to be beaten down and shut up. Yeah. Because that's when they win. It doesn't matter who hears you. It matters who says it. And I go back to, we were at the Banners for Freedom revival in over the 4th of July, which we may be doing something over the 4th of July in Cincinnati with them. We shall see. Lee doesn't know anything about that yet. But um, you guys can mentally put that on your docket. But... Uh, Marty Grisham down there said something really important. He was like, the office of the prophet isn't just to predict the future. It's to actually speak something out into being. And that's what we have to do when we stand up against these guys and say it. Yeah. All right. So um, we had our, I, I have one more video I wanted to share about uh, a doctor who uh, in the Caribbean was treating with ivermectin. Uh, but we're going to say goodbye to Facebook real in, in well, a minute. In a minute. Yeah. Yeah, but we want to uh, do our our thing. Um, Those of you watching on Facebook, I'm going to go ahead and drop the link for Rumble in the chat. All you have to do is click on we it. We pulled our winners for the Old School Survival Boot Camp. Have they been notified yet? We did. And I don't know. I sent the email to Tara with their information. So she should be contacting them. But I will contact them directly just to make sure and follow up. And then I'm going to send the uh, promo code to everyone who did not get a chance but our viewers can use it too. Our viewers can use it. Yes, absolutely. If you use promo code resistance chicks, you can save uh, $12 off a three day pass. 
promo code resistance chicks go to old school survival boot camp.com the link is in the description of the video today it's everywhere it's on our website resistancechicks.com if you like that i made that special i i'm really proud of that actually i think it's really fun um but seriously, we want to see you guys May 12th through the 15th. I know there's a reawaken tour that weekend. You can go to Re reawaken tours anywhere. I don't care if it's Miami floor. Come to Old School Survival Bootcamp. You're learning It's not a competition. More. But also, we are going to, and I think I can go ahead and announce this. If you're a Bards FM listener, we are going to be doing a Bards FM at, at the very minimum meet up there for our region. So... Again, pray about it. See if you can come. We're going to be camping out. It's going to be awesome. But you will get all the skills that you need for what's coming and also the best way of life for God to, to have us live. And beyond that, it's just going to be a really good time. Yeah. You're going to have a blast. You're going to have a blast. So there is that. The other thing that I want to highlight here is this morning I used the scrub the, the organic body essentials scrub on my face and and i don't use it as often as i probably should and i was just reminded of how good it feels like it's got i think it has sugar in it it's there's some sort of, of exfoliant and then when you're done washing your face it's like i don't even need a moisturizer after no, this like awesome. it feels so good on my face so go to organicbodyessentials.com and use promo code rc fellas you want to get something for your wife for valentine's day you have a very short window to do it, but you can still probably do this. Go to OrganicBodyEssentials.com and get your wife the Flawless Face Serum and tell her she is so beautiful right now as you're looking at her. You want to make sure that that is preserved by using the Flawless Face Serum. It's my hands down favorite product next to the um, CBD tincture that I've been using on my hip. And she will really enjoy the, the facial scrub yes. and the uh, facial mask. It's I'm just, telling it's, it's, you. It's like a day at the spa. So you use the mask, the scrub, and then the serum, and it's just like, boom. So it's awesome. So good. Now also, so my pillow has a new pillow 2.0. What? I know. And it is intended to be climate controlling, kind yeah. of. Oh. Like, it's. I think it has a fabric in it that helps with cooling. So they're literally calling it the MyPillow 2.0. There it oh, is. Oh, you have to bring it up. Let them show All her. Right. You, you Ooh, want... that looks nice. Buy one, get one free right now um, on the MyPillow 2.0. So you can go to MyPillow.com forward slash RC. I'm going to take you guys there right now. We're going to look at this together. I have not gotten this pillow. Okay. I oh, can't you have to play the ad. Play Mike's ad. I can't tell you. Um, but they're buy one, get one. So they're kind of expensive, but they're buy one, get one. Okay. You want me to play this yeah. right here? Well. Is this a, yeah. an ad? Welcome to the MyPillow 2.0 commercial. <laughs> this is awesome. I love Mike so much. Miss Well, you look good. He's really like that in real life. What's the mustache? No, it's here. Tell me he doesn't wear this. No. You're sleeping even better. We've got the best pillow ever. MyPillow 2.0. He's a great name for a Cut. We got it. Welcome well, to the, the set of the MyPillow 2.0, the most amazing pillow in history. That new technology is still the MyPillow's patented fill. And now we have new technology we didn't have back when I invented MyPillow that's going to help you sleep. It's absolutely amazing. And you're the first ones that can check those it out. Light, Go to MyPillow.com. Like Use yeah, the promo code cool. on your screen. And we brought back the buy one, get one free. 
Okay. Okay. Y'all need to go I'm get so that my pillow. Now, let me tell you what I can see right off the bat. Um, the outer layer of this pillow is the same cover that's on the, my mattress cover that I have. It's textured and it's really, really soft. Mm -hmm. There's something about it. It's just nice. And it comes through when you're sleeping on it. So it's I like that they use that. Brand new temperature regulating technology keeps you comfortable throughout the night. Um, available in four loft levels, a 10 year warranty. So um, they do this, like they tell you, some people like it um, thinner and some people like smaller. Um, and like, I, I tend to like it in between. And so you're supposed to be able to, to fit you with what you need, but some people like stiffer pillows. I, I love this. I just, oh, so wait a minute. So you can choose your, okay. So there's your size and then there's your, you got to choose a size. So let's say small queen, whatever. And then I like the least firm. That's just me, mm -hmm. but y'all need to do what what you think is best for you, okay? Mm -hmm. So I just noticed that it came up in the email and I was like, what do you mean my pillow 2.0? You know, 2.0. So mypillow.com forward slash RC, promo code RC, and that'll also, get you to buy one, also, get one free deal. Also, there's two videos, one from a doctor from the Caribbean and one from Dr. Chetty about the toxins and COVID in your bowels oh. and kind of proving Dr. Artis right about toxins. Okay, so, all right, if you guys are watching on Facebook, I've, I'm going to put the link one more time in the chat. You have no excuse not to come over. You guys want to hear this. Rumble.com forward slash RC. You do not want to miss it. So Facebookies, we love you. You should have already made the switch by now. Okay. You're, you're leaving right now. I should see, I should be watching the numbers drop as we, as I and speak. And the numbers on Rumble going up. And the numbers on Rumble going up because you're not going to want to miss this. All right. Facebookies. Adios. All right. So bring up Dr. Chetty and he says, what did we find in the poop? This is fascinating to me. Hang on. I'm Dr. Chetty from South Africa. Okay. Yes, he's going to tell us about bacteria like and toxins. India. He is from India, but he, 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 he is an Indian in South Africa. No. -uh. Yeah. We need to. It was found in sewage. And I couldn't understand why a virus found in sewage was not tracked backwards to the gastrointestinal tract where it arose and to figure out what it was doing there. And so we managed to contact Carlo Brogna who's done some very interesting work on coronavirus. Uh, what he basically discovered with looking at stool samples was that uh, the virus was replicating somehow in these stool samples and the stools had toxins, protein-based toxins in them. Uh, he found with incubation uh, of the uh, supernatant of this sample on a fresh uninfected stool that the viral titer rose exponentially and so the toxins as well. And so he proved bacteriophage activity that this virus has the ability to infect the bacteria of your gut. And he found toxicities there, uh, toxin-like peptides, which were akin to many different kinds of snake venoms, sea snail poisons, uh, starfish poisons. And it's a wonder how those got there. But we don't have a virus that infects human beings and bacteria, so it has multiple hosts. And it can, I think when we look at the symptoms we see with long COVID and tie it up with uh, protein-based toxins that we are aware of. Uh, they work in, in a variety of ways, neurotoxicity, we've seen the nerve damage, uh, hemotoxicity, we've seen the blood damage and the clots and the strokes, we've seen the cytotoxicity, 
And so that ties in very well with this little virus that can do this broad range of things. It seems to recruit the bacteria in your gut to help it do that in a small percentage of patients. And so it became pertinent to try and kill off those bacteria causing the problem with antibiotics, a purge of the gut to clean it out and to restore the gut with new, new probiotics that can grow and thrive without the COVID infection. And so the, the disease moved on to be more complicated than I had expected. So uh, let me just put it into context here. Basically, what Dr. Shetty has just said is that we have here a virus that can infect the human and bacteria at the same time and clearly properly. Wow. Can you believe that? That's kind of scary because again, you no, know, well, it, it, it's not scary when you know that that's what's been happening. No, what I mean is the fact that something a virus can affect bacteria in addition to affecting the human. Well, what he was saying is it's not just a virus. Right. It's a virus and a bacteria. And different... It, well, what he was saying was this is an engineered thing, right? So it doesn't even have a name, in my in my humble opinion. It's a, And so the best way that he described it was a toxin. Mm -hmm. A toxin that affects your body like a virus and affects it uh, like a bacteria and, and turns the good bacteria in your body into bad bacteria, which is why antibiotics work. Yeah. Because... Um, sometimes you need to hit it with a couple kinds of antibiotics yeah. and it's, it's like if you're, you've got, uh, you go to get a staph infection or something like that. So you've got a virus, which is really nothing you can do for viruses, but why is it, why is the antibiotics working? Why is the Z-Pak working? Okay. Why is the, um, why is the azithromycin Z-Pak, the inflammatory, um, Z-Pak is the inflammatory, uh, azithromycin Z-Pak and, um, zinc so the zinc opens up your cells and it, it allows these things to go in and fight and so you know i i appreciate what he said about this is acting like a toxin on your system it's it's a, a different ways and he, he said it was very much like it, it's like a venom too so yeah. it's attacking the proteins in your body so i'm not a doctor but i know what i heard him say so if you bring up this other last video here for today so you would um, think that anything that would be a detox on the system would be a good thing to do. Yeah, but I do think that some people have suffered from different COVID things who just don't want to take antibiotics, right? Mm -hmm. And unless you've got something that is really yeah. a, a heavy natural antibiotic and you've got an, if you're if if you've got a if you've got a bioweapon that is an that is a weaponized bacteria mm -hmm. or weaponizes the bacteria in your gut, you're going to need some sort of antibiotic. Amen. Yeah, that's right. Okay, and then this woman is a hero in uh, St. Lucia in the Caribbean who is still fighting uh, because she's prescribed ivermectin. There was much controversy surrounding Dr. Gilbertha St. Rose two years ago. The practitioner and herbalist was fined and taken to task by the St. Lucia Medical and Dental Council for her prescription and advice on the drug ivermectin as something to fight and prevent COVID. Dr. St. Rose spoke with us as she prepared for a hearing regarding the pending case against her. It has been a very good experience in terms of waking me up and it has also woken up other people which is very good. Um, so today I'm told it's still case management but at least it's an opportunity you know to remind persons of what you know my uh, the case was brought against me for prescribing and educating on the use of ivermectin to prevent and to treat COVID infection. 
very unfortunate because almost two years later, you know, the evidence is there that ivermectin is a wonderful drug. And initially they had um, blocked the importation, but luckily now seems some sort of redemption is in place and the ministry has allowed ivermectin to be available here in St. Lucia for our people. Because although it is also good for treating and preventing COVID, the research is now showing that it's very effective against respiratory syncytial virus. And more importantly, it is effective against the adverse effects of the COVID injection, which unfortunately is still being publicized and encouraged for people to take. The pioneer hopes that the incident served as an eye-opener for the public and she is not given up and says that even more evidence on the validity of the drug is available. She is grateful for the support that she has received. By the grace of God and the support of my people locally, regionally, internationally. Internationally we have World Council for Health, we have international organizations. Regionally we have the um, Conscious Health Caribbean and locally our very resolute Freedom Coalition which has just written a letter to the Prime Minister. You know we all rallying behind the cause of truth and freedom. Dr. St. Rose implores the health professionals to operate in the best interest of the public as it relates to preventative measures, diet and herbs and to cease from the insistence on the COVID-19 vaccine our government is not doing what it should for the health of our people so the government and also the Ministry of Health and then you have the Medical and Dental Council at the time they brought the case against me I hope they are now educated because really now they should be advocating for the stoppage of this COVID injection which a lot of us know has been a clinical trial, a clinical trial which went through without the regular recommendations of the research and ethics committee of the said medical and dental council. So now it's not too late to put a stop to it while the investigation will go as to what's the effect of it because now we see the effect of this injection. Who hasn't died suddenly? is dying slowly and we don't know what is to come but we have an idea of what's to come in terms of autoimmune diseases and all sorts of inflammatory health conditions and the waking up of all other infections so it is time now for the ministry of health to stop and the medical and dental council should be the one in terms of being the one to protect the public to come out and say enough is enough for Choice News Now. I Come on now. She said it. And I, what I love about what she was talking about with ivermectin is it also helps with the side effects of having had the vaccine. Yes. Yeah, so there have been it? wonderful, great doctors around the world. So hats off to this yeah. doctor from the Barry Caribbean. Barry says, uh, Michelle Moderna, the pharmaceutical company, um, they are really pushing for the mRNA vaccines to replace all other vaccines for every virus known to man now. Yes, that's... Um, that's very terrifying, actually. Just don't let them stick a needle in you anywhere. Marcus says, I never caught the disease. I think it's because I promote scripture and the tree of life. Well, I hope that that's true. Um, honestly, there are 
there's a whole host of things. The Bible says you will eat any deadly thing and it won't harm you. No disease will come near you and so on and so forth. But we live in a fallen world. And so people are going to get sick and we have to have answers like ivermectin for those that aren't yeah. able to touch that tree of life. We have to have answers for them. So, mm -hmm. um, but I do agree with you a hundred percent that always above all else, we go to God first. Mm. Yeah. So what else do we have? Leah? Is that the That's end it. of the show? That's it for today. That's the end of the show. This past week, we did a show for um, Brideon that's going to air today in a half an hour. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, you can watch it live on Brideon.tv. Now, that's only the first part because we kind of did it. was like a longer show. And I think it's just the first part that will air on Brideon. But um, I'm really excited about this. We're going to air it for two weeks. This will be first half will be t today and then the next half will be next Sunday. But you don't have to wait for that. You can watch the entire thing on all of our channels. But Leah, tell people a little bit about the why we decided to delve into the Sabbath. Well, um, it's something that's been on my heart. I know a lot of you, it's on your heart and you send us a lot of interesting letters, which are great. Was there a letter we were supposed to read before we go? We can. Yeah. Okay. If you want to mail call real quick here um and i think it's important for us as we come together as christians and as conservatives to honor one another and our choices and to know that whether you keep the sabbath on saturday or you keep the sabbath on sunday or whether you are uh neutral on keeping a day then you need to understand where other people are coming from and the scriptures behind it and then allow every person to make their own choice because this is not an essential. This is one of those things where if God has called you to keep a day, then you should keep it. And we all, and, and if, if you know somebody who is maybe more leaning more towards like a, being a Sabbath keeper, don't make them stop because their conscience is leading them down that road. So either way, it's important for all of us to be led by the Holy Spirit. And so I thought, you know what, let's just go to the Bible on this. And we just brought up scriptures. We told you where we stand on it. And uh, yeah, so yep. we got a cool letter. Oh, and Patriot Gallery has done some oh, really yes. good shows this week. As a matter of fact, I haven't even had a chance Three to watch the of last them. one. I listened to one today. You guys are going to love how Patriot Gallery does her videos because she brings in videos uh, from Catherine Austin Fitz and Mike Adams and Amanda Grace and Deborah. Uh, what's her name? I don't know. Midnight Car with Deborah. Yeah. So she brings in a lot of different videos. She'll bring in some from Bull Pony and she makes. She puts it together like it's like they're like meals, and so I encourage you guys to go to Resistance Chicks Church or they're just on all of our other uh, platforms as well. I think she got a strike on Resistance Chicks Church. It was actually on my YouTube, one of my channels here. Let me read a couple comments really, really before we go. Uh, Jack says that sheep looks weird from the start. Oh, back to the sheep shearing. Uh, Wicked Psych says Mass Faith Three. That's why you need to know what uh, farm it comes from. Lots of farmers markets are springing up that sell That's auction true. food. The That's patrons true. just think it's better because it's called a farmers market. Yeah. Very well said. If you shop at a farmers market, ask the seller where the farm is and how it is grown. Mm -hmm. Well, well said. Patriot Gallery says there's mineral salt, not sugar, in the thing. Thank you for looking that up on the uh, organic body essentials. Uh, UPT, uh, excuse me, Up True Breed says Gates is a piece of work. I will paraphrase that there, and I would agree with you on that. Um, yeah, we've been to, uh, Wicked Psych, we've been to, uh, farmer's markets where, oh my gosh, this is just from yeah. an auction, not yeah. from a local farm. But yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, Barry says, Michelle, the Sabbath needs to be kept as a day of rest and recuperation for everyone's mental and body, bodily health. And Barry's not even a Christian yet. 
So uh, 100%. Yet. <laughs> on that, everybody needs to take a rest. It's good for Barry you. Barry gets to live on that beautiful island of Wales, by the way. I know. Mm -hmm. I know. I'm so jealous. All right. So this is from Catherine in Chillicothe, Ohio. Leah and Michelle, hello, beautiful ladies. My name is Catherine, and I, too, am here in Ohio, basically the Chillicothe area, but not the city. We live on a five-acre small farm. Several years ago, the Lord pressed upon us to go back to the old ways. I really don't like to refer to it as old ways because, honestly, it is just how he made and wanted us to live. That's God. I've had it on my heart for a while to write you girls, but as humans, we get good at talking ourselves out of some things, you know, but praise the Lord. The thing that changed my mind was your Christmas special. Everybody loved that. I'm so glad that you guys really enjoyed that. The one where you were telling your reasons for celebrating it. That was a blessing to me. Thank you. I'm going to start out by saying, I'm sorry, this is a book instead of a letter, LOL. So I hope you will let me, you will indulge me, but I want to make sure I explain some things properly. In 2018 or thereabouts, there was a burning question in me about Christmas. And as some of my background, do you want to tell the whole story? Maybe you don't. There's more about there. I think there's some yeah, more things. I can skip ahead. Yeah, because it's a little bit personal with people who. They were giving her a hard time yeah. because she was like, I'm not really sure. I'm not feeling it on the mm -hmm. Christmas thing, kind of having some convictions about it. Yeah. And honestly, at the end of the letter, she doesn't really even say one way or the other whether our video swayed her. I don't think it did, but she was just glad to hear another side right. of, of it all. And so, um, yeah, because it is a long letter, and that's kind of the maybe start here okay i won't go into all the details because it was a very hard time and it's the past and something wonderful actually came out of all that first off i was not crazy and second the lord was speaking to me personally and i do know his voice which i feel so honored and humbled a hillbilly girl who grew up a tomboy rebel is loved so much by God. He wanted to lead me and talk to me third and most hardest is learning. The Lord leads each one of us walks with each one of us personally, which is amazing. Oh, that's not the hard thing. The hardest thing was choosing to no matter what friends or family thought or said about her, not celebrating Christmas uh, to follow him only. I know that shouldn't, I, that shouldn't have been the hard thing and following him isn't hard. He doesn't have us do anything he doesn't equip us for. The hard part is standing your ground while everyone you love comes against you. Praise God. He is good to stand with us shoulder to shoulder. I knew he didn't want me to have a tree. And I didn't know it was about celebrating Christmas. It was more about having a tree in her house. And the Lord has blessed me with wisdom on, or personality, not sure what to call it. That when I wasn't saved and walking with him, I've always been a person that if I like someone or have to work with someone that does things I don't agree with or believe in, not sure how to word that part, I just tell you how I feel about the issues, but that it wasn't my business or shouldn't let anything affect my feelings of that person as a whole. Now I'm the same. Now I'm the same. The Lord has just shown me each of our walks is unique with him. I'm not saying not to point out sin, but with my experience around the traditional church, man has put sin into levels, you know, like you can't smoke cigarettes, but it's okay to cheat on your taxes, or you can be a glutton and lazy, but don't wear a skirt too short. Praise the Lord. He has shown me sin is sin, period. I just, just like he has worked on me and I no longer put a little, a title on truth. The truth is just the truth. Man has made or called it ugly, unpleasant, hard, etc. When it's not any of those things, it's just the truth. The Lord wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. I'm sorry I got so far off of my subject. I blame it on my squirrel brain, but I bring it back in. So even though I no longer put a tree up in my house, I help my elderly parents decorate 
um, decorate. My kids all have trees, etc. I don't judge or tell them what to do. That's between them and the Lord. But they know what he's shown me. And that's been the rocky part. A majority of people want everyone to do what they are doing, right? Thankfully, as the years have gone by, it has gotten better. Now they just shake their heads at us, my husband and me. I said all of that just to let you girls know, hearing a different view from believers on why you celebrate has been a balm to me. The And she points back to the Christmas Carol show. And even though the Christmas hymns only sung after you eat turkey, I sing them whenever they are on my heart. It's been man tradition, only sing them in December. Yep, I'm a bird with an odd, with odd feathers, but I'm a peculiar person. Nothing wrong with that. I also want to thank you for the Christmas special and the singing, The Little Drummer Boy. You might not have known why you sang that or thought you messed up. I want to share with you without um, telling you, you wouldn't know. Jesus was using you girls to let me know he was sending me love, a spiritual hug. Let me explain. I was and am a daddy's girl, and the Lord called my dad home on September 11th, 2021, and I know where he is, but I'm human, so I still really miss him on occasions, and when I was watching your Christmas special, I was thinking of him, different memories, when Michelle, I can't remember if you said it or just started to sing my favorite song, Do You Hear What I Hear, and I got excited and was happy you were going to do that one, but y'all started singing Little Drummer Boy, I remember that, <laughs> we got totally off, off, off the mark there, first, and that was daddy's favorite song. Uh, to and cartoon. I loved it because he told he, me he loved it. He loved it because he told me it was his testimony, testimony of Jesus. Jesus. My dad started working for a farmer when he was nine years old, and he did that because they were so poor. He could earn a little money, plus, the farmer would let him and his older brother go back over the fields and any missed veggies they took home, and that was their meal for dinner. So he knew all he had to give Jesus was himself. So there you girls, the so through you girls, the Lord let me know both those songs were for me. I also know that all of us sometimes need to hear how we've been used. And also sometimes the best times he uses us is when we don't even know it. Well, half of a notebook should be good for now. And all of that basically to tell you girls, keep doing what you're doing. I know there's plenty of people on the internet, social media, etc., saying the same thing to you, but I want to be someone who lets you know there is a group of us out there that don't do the quote normal tech stuff so we have old school ways hence my chicken scratch letter lol and we watch and are blessed by you i pray for you girls for your safety and the blessings of the lord will be with in your lives now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely may your whole spirit soul body and, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our lord jesus christ he who calls is faithful and will do it amen all my love and prayers from chillicothe ohio catherine I know you read letters. Oh, and she gives me permission to go ahead and read it out loud. Um, she said not to use my name and address. Well, I didn't put your address. I just no said address. Catherine from Chillicothe. I hope that's okay. Um, let's see. A, fa a fan fanatic is someone who loves Jesus just a little more. And PSS is my favorite part. The OBE products are amazing. Bless Vicky. I want to let y'all know I didn't. I did not. I'm gonna fold this so you guys can see that that she really did say that i'm not making it up here where's my mouse boom literally look obe 
products are amazing. Bless Vicky. Not lying. Y'all think we're making stuff up. You know we wouldn't lie to you. But I want to highlight something that she said. And A, thank you for the, the story on the, the Christmas tree and how our Christmas special. That's exactly you. where the Sabbath uh, kind of ended up with. Some people are going to feel like they need to do something. Mm -hmm. Some people are going to feel like they don't need to. Yeah. It's important to kind of allow each person to tell you where they're coming from and then to appreciate that there are essentials and then there's sin. And then there are things like, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm yeah. not supposed to bring a tree into my home. Yeah. Okay. Don't do it. Exactly. <laughs> you never know. It could burn down. I don't know. Just yeah. don't. If God tells you to do something, do it. If God tells you not to do something, don't do it. Yeah, exactly. So um, back to what she was saying. I'm sure you hear from people all the time and yada, yada, yada. Yes and no. I have to tell you, when the letters come in the mail, and I love your emails and I love the comments, but when the letters come, it really makes it real. And what she said is there's a whole host of you, a group of you guys out there that are listening. Non-techies. And you're non-techies and you're not, you know, even leaving comments or emails or anything like that. And she said, I want you to know that we are listening and, and, and you're affecting our lives. Guys, I think about that a lot. That there, there, there are those of you out there that are listening to the sound of my voice. I feel connected to all of you guys, but you're probably like, oh, they're just two girls. Like, like the way I would view Alex Jones or watching Dell Bigtree or something. That's well, we we know these people, but it, they're like far away. Why is this here? Because it was given to us by a viewer. And no, but why is it always on the deck? Why is it I on, didn't put it on the here. deck? You cl you cleaned out down there and you probably brought it up here. It's so a drumstick so and it's a, a spoon. So a viewer sent us two of these. It's a drumstick. Yeah, it's a drumstick. But the spoon. other one is upstairs in the so kitchen being really used. funny. Little drummer boy sitting right But I, I, guys, we're, we're literally in our basement. You're very real to us. And so when you send us letters, it just brings it. It's like, oh, there are people listening. We're not just talking. I'm looking. You think I'm looking at you. Right? I'm looking at, I know, I'm in my basement looking at a camera because I know that you're seeing my eyeballs. Okay? But I'm focused on a camera. But you're very real. And so we love you guys. And I love you. You're very from real. You. Otherwise, it's just very strange for us. Michelle and I, we go down these shows, we go down in this basement, and uh, we just really never know, honestly, until we actually meet people in person. Yeah. Like, um, they're like, people oh, I watch you all the time. I'm watching like, this broadcast yeah is anybody sometimes out there like check 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 those, check sometimes i feel like we're <laughs> the end of the world and we're just like broadcasting um but no there's thousands of you out there and it's very exciting yeah. we have a p.o box 107 milford ohio 45150 you can send us your notes you can send us your letters you don't have to send money the, the people think that if we if they're like oh i don't want to send something if i'm not including a check I like your letters this to me is is value frank sent a gift this, thanks and frank did your card sitting upstairs on Christmas the way down card. a Christmas card. Uh, we're going to bring it down and, and share it with you guys. But I just, that's to me, real value. Just let us know like, Hey, we're listening. Tell us a little bit about yourselves. We love hearing that, especially in letters. And if you do send us your letters, we will read them on air unless otherwise. We did noted. have a question from somebody. I don't even know. She was from India in living in Canada. And she wanted to know is PayPal safe to send donations? I thought you contacted her. I did. I'm letting everyone know. Um, we empty out our PayPal, so it's not. We're not going to get frozen funds. Oh yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, PayPal. Yeah. Uh, so you as can, soon as someone sends a donation, and it's not that often, and I get an email. But there are people whose but PayPal there are people, do get frozen, and ours is still. I just I take it out as soon as it's like. So if you do feel like you want to help support resistance, shakes up listed travel. We have a Venmo. We have the Gab Pay Live. We've got a lot of stuff coming up this year already on the docket. God's kind of moving and shaking. So and you every, got. 
every cent that you guys send goes back into resistance. And chips. it just so happens that like another thing will happen and another thing will happen. Like, and, and, and it's like, God has, God provides either, either before or after. Yeah. And we were able, we put on events who knew we could do events. And you guys, you guys, resistance chicks put on events last yeah. year. You helped us do that. And so we want to uh, really thank you guys for helping to support. This has become, uh, in 2021, I would say, especially in 2020, but in 2021, uh, Resistance Chicks became a, like a, a full-fledged ministry. Amen. And as we began to travel and meet people and do things and, and go to events and make recordings and, and need more equipment, as the ministry began to expand, people are getting saved. People are getting filled with the Holy Spirit. Lives are changing. People are homeschooling. So just know that if God leads you to give into this ministry that is become a ministry more than just a newscast, um, that there is a blessing to go with that because it just happens when you give, it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men, uh, heap into your bosom. And as Paul was sent out, you know, he didn't beg or ask for donations, but he's like, for the people that are giving, like, thank you. That's, a, that's what it boils me. down to. Lee and I have a full-time job and we do our homestead. So we're not asking you guys for donations. We do this because it is our ministry. But what Lee is saying is for those of you that do give, and if you do feel led to give, we want to thank you because it enables us to do all of these other things without having to pull all of the resources from our own pocket. Right. So yeah. that's, it's a really big deal. And you guys mean so much to us and just getting your letters and hearing that you're listening. It's just invaluable. So thank you guys. We love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's a truth, uh, Tanya, Tony on D live says greetings from North Macedonia. Wow. Hey, love that. I love when people are coming Hot from dog. all over the world. Ah, Every once in a while, I like to do a, uh, on Sundays. Like a shout out. Where's everybody coming from? And we've got, of course, Britt Baza from Wales. And I know that, um, I think Stefan in there is from the UK. Hiltz, I think, is also from the UK. Do not, do not think me stupid. I, I'm, I had to Google North Macedonia. It is. I know it's in the Bible. It is. You're next to Bulgaria and above Greece. So you're surrounded by Albania. Bulgaria and Greece. That's pretty awesome. Love it. All right. So UP True Breed says, Drummer Boy, my favorite. Rumble is free speech. Spread the word. Amen. All right. So so as far as I know, tomorrow night we're going to be on Pete Santilli at 7 o'clock. Every once in a while he'll cancel on us. Or not cancel, but postpone us to another night. But as far as I know, you guys can check that out Where? tomorrow night. Pete Santilli. Yeah. Okay. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock. Yeah. Wicked Psych says, all the Christmas shows on Resistance Chicks were exceptional. Thank you. That means a lot. Okay. Bob's your uncle. Fanny's your aunt. We'll see you guys this week. Um, I don't think we have any shows scheduled, but we are going to try to start doing shows on Tuesday nights that we can then air on on our Brighty on Sunday show. So you can kind of mildly keep an eye out for that. Um, Rumbled says, I love God like you all from Manchester, UK. Come on. Yes, we got a lot of people. I love you guys from Manchester. You guys have that really cool accent. And I, I honestly, I'm not even on Cloud Hub right now to even look and see if there's anybody commenting, but we'll see you guys later this week. Not sure what we have going. We have not been doing a lot of interviews because we've been trying to do some live interviews or excuse me, live shows in the middle of the week. Just keep an eye on that for shows throughout the week that we can just randomly do. But I do have some that I'm going to schedule and we'll keep you guys posted on that. But uh, last but not least, and I do need to, I didn't do this last week and I really meant to because I want to see you guys there. Um, 
It's called the Kentucky Huddle, but it's... But it's oh, wait, hang on, I moved Cincinnati, Ohio. It's, it's very, very close to us. Tom Brentz, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, Dr. Karen McDay, Coach Dave, and... The Resistance, Resistance Chicks. Chicks. All right, so that's going to be March 24th and 25th. Go to CoachDaveLive.com forward slash events. We're hoping that everybody that can... Medical and legal truth. Yeah, Love it. That, and we're going to be talking about homesteading and stuff. That everybody that comes can go to the Ark or the Creation Museum during the day mm -hmm. on Friday, then in the evening on Friday from 6 to 9, and then, then all day on Saturday. It's going to be the conference. It's going to be awesome. We're very, very excited about this. Yeah, because um, the Creation Museum and the Ark are in Kentucky, but it's called the Tri-States, like Cincinnati, yeah. Cincinnati kind of. Yeah, so that's like, really important. That's then. coming up. And then Leah and I are going to be speaking locally at Westside We the People Wednesday. Do we have the web address for that? Not this we need Wednesday, to get next it. Wednesday. We need to get that. But if you honestly, for locals, if you're interested in coming, just shoot me an email and I'll get you the information. Uh, I'm really excited it's about that. It's a farm. So. It's a restaurant. It's in the west side. Yes, on the west side of Cincinnati. Okay, you guys, we love you. God loves you. God bless. Remember, it's not just a conspiracy theory. If it's actually the truth, great show today, Leah. It was awesome. Really yeah, you it. guys did good. Thanks. You guys did good. Leah did good. Okay, bye, guys. Oh, my God.